Hey, ebook readers, right now, the Flight Attendant Joe series ebooks are only $2.99. That's Fasten Your Seatbelts and Eat Your Fucking Nuts, Flight Attendant Joe, and I'm Just Here for the Layovers on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo, $2.99 each. Hey, everybody, if you enjoy listening to Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, now is your chance to become a patron of the podcast. Go check out www.patreon.com slash grounded with flight attendant Joe. There's different tiered levels and each of one of them comes with something special and unique, including the Friday debrief, which is a short podcast episode that I record on Friday mornings, just me and my coffee. And it's only available on the Patreon page for patrons. So again, check that out. www.patreon.com slash grounded with flight attendant Joe. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 38 of the Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe podcast. Of course, I don't have to say this, but I will. I am your host, Flight Attendant Joe. Which, after you listen to this episode, you're going to start thinking, why does he keep the Flight Attendant Joe name? Should he switch it to just Grounded with Joe Thomas? My guest today kind of put that in my head. So now I have to make that decision. So we'll see. But I'm really excited about my guest today. You know him from the Lex and Terry show. He also co-hosts the podcast Gang of Two with his wife, Sherry. Yes, I'm talking about the incredible Terry James. And he's here today because we're going to talk about his podcast, Terry James Alive. He hosts that one on his own. He's a very, very busy man. He's a very smart man. And I feel honored that he came and talked to me for two and a half hours today. I mean, that's a long time. On today's episode, we talked about toxic friendships and how to know when a friend crosses the line. How do you deal with it? And, you know, do you end the friendship? Do you just make new boundaries, fascinating stuff. We also talked about how he started reading self-help books at 15. I wish I would have been that aware of what was going on in my life to be smart enough to start reading at that age to try to be a better person. We talked about defining moments in life and how we're so unfocused, we're so distracted because of our phones and the news and politics that we could be possibly missing amazing opportunities because we're not looking. We're not open to these possibilities, which is kind of something that I've done now that I've left the airline industry. We talked about the term Karen and watching these videos that are all over the internet and how it makes us feel. Ladies and gentlemen, incredible conversation. Welcome Terry James to the show. Welcome, 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 welcome. What a hell of a professional way to start the show. I can't even say professional. God, it's not going to be one of those, is it? We'll see. We'll see what happens here for the next few minutes. Welcome to Terry James Alive. Self-deprecating self-help. Kind of our new little tagline here at the offices. I love it when I say we. Like I got a team of people behind me. <laughs> I say the same thing. Hey, Terry, welcome to Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe. <laughs> it is so good to be here again with you, Joe. Love the show, damn it. Uh, well, you know, it's been a it's been a while. You you and um, Sherry from Gang of Two were on my first episode ever, and now you're on episode 39. So 38 that is, that, episodes have passed. That's what you're doing, man. You're grinding it out. You're doing great. And uh, that's a lot of episodes, man. I've only had like, uh, I don't know, 60 of Gang of Two. And I've oh. been doing that for a year. Well, I'm trying to catch up, for God's sake. You will. <laughs> 
Now, um, I loved that intro because I say we also, and you have the benefit of working as a co-host for the Lex and Terry show. So you are used to having a group of people, but in a situation when you're running a live or gang of two, it's really just you. Well, in the gang of two, you have Sherry, but I thought it was hilarious when you said we, cause I do the same thing. Yeah, it has to be me on on, uh, on Terry James Alive. It's uh, I've learned that it's weird. I don't know if you find it the same when you do your show, but you know you you have a lot of guests. But a lot of the times I do this thing alone, and I don't want I don't even want Sherry in the house when I'm doing it. I don't want her to be an earshot of anything I'm talking about. So I have to wait for her to either get into the shower or to uh, or to go do something like that, and uh, and then just do it there. Now, why is that? Is wh- now why do you feel like you need to be alone when you're recording this? Stuff? I I don't know. I feel like I uh, to, to do it with no one else around. I feel like I say more uh, mm-hmm. when there's when there's no one else around. If I know that Sherry is hearing something and I say something, and I, she could easily call bullshit on me. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> right. like okay. That. No, I get it. I, you could say more if she's in the other room. She's going to be like, "I heard that, and that's not true." <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, she would never do that. But but Terry James Alive, it's like I I like to do, you know, and talk about certain things. And, uh, you know, and she also isn't all that interested in it either. So there's that, too. Well, or even me. It makes sense, too. Um, But I was I think it's interesting how we record things alone even though we're recording it for thousands of people who are going to listen, but just the idea that one person in the house while we're recording, it makes us feel a little uncomfortable. Cause I'm the same way um, on Fridays. I do the Friday debrief, which is for um, my Patreon page and Matt's home. And I'm like, go down in the basement and close the door. I don't want you to hear what I'm going to say. It's so funny. <laughs> no, exactly. It's, it's really strange. And you know, I've never even thought of what you just said about how, you know, everybody else is going to hear it, but I don't want anybody in my house to hear it. So now you've got me worried about that. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry about your wife who's been with you for almost 30 years. Worry about all the people that are going to hate everything you say and then write you awful emails. That's the way it goes. Usually (laughs) that's the way it goes. Now, do you actually listen to your episodes after you release them? Never. Really? Never. Not only never, never. So nothing. You don't listen to Gang of Two, Terry James Alive, nope. the Lex and Terry Lex show. And Terry, nothing. nothing. I couldn't even tell you what we did on Lex and Terry today. I have not. You know, I don't. I don't pay attention. I just do it. Have fun doing it. And uh, but no, I don't ever ever listen. Wow. Well, you know, I can understand that. Um. But seriously, you should listen to Terry James Alive because the guy has some really great things he says. <laughs> I mean, the guy knows what's going on. But, you know, when I, when I first started, I would li- I listened, I think, to the first like 10 or 15. Like I would record them. I would put the, I would air them and then I would go for a long walk and I would listen um, because I think I was still shocked that people would want to be on my podcast. Yes. So it was almost like I had to prove, I had to listen to myself. I had to listen to it myself so that I could say, oh, this is real. This isn't just a fan. I'm not having a dream. People really do want to talk to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough because and people do want to talk to you. You're a great interviewer. Uh, you make everybody feel comfortable. 
And I think that if you didn't, you could learn a lot by listening to you, if that makes sense. You, uh, you know, I, you, um, you really got this down. And, and I think that's the only reason for me to listen to me is to see if I can get better at it. If I'm, if I say, uh, you know, if I go, uh, a lot or something, things that just drive me crazy, uh, you know, to get worked on. But I, I actually have done this long enough now that I could make a mental note while I'm doing the show that says, don't, don't say and again too many times, you know, so, or, or something like that. Yeah, you gave me some really good advice because I was spending a lot of time editing. I was like, when I first started, I was like, I'm going to edit every um out. And no, you don't want to do that. Yeah. No. And then I was like, what the fuck am I doing this for? This is a lot of extra work. Just let the conversation be casual. So you had recommended to put a little note that said, like, don't say um or watch your ums. And so I did that and I stuck it right in front of me. I don't know if it's helped. <laughs> But it helps if you look at it. It helps if you look at it before the show or, or whatnot. I mean, I have a, a ritual I do before Terry James Alive, and I don't have a ritual before the world before Lex and Terry. I don't have a ritual to do before Gang of Two. Uh, but for Terry James Alive, I have a ritual I do, and it involves just being focused and letting it happen. I mean, I kind of go into a little meditation thing beforehand. I I kind of pick out before I do the show what my, I don't know, kind of what the direction I want it to go in, but I, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to say. So I kind of meditate on that for a few minutes and then I start the music and then it happens. So, right. you know, it's a little thing that I do. And some of that includes, you know, don't be, uh, don't say, you know, a lot. Like I just said, little, little things like that. Cause I do want it to sound good, you know, and I do want it to make sense, but I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of times on Terry James alive that I get, I go off on a tangent where I don't even know where I was going or where, where to head back. So it's pretty, pretty interesting. And I think, I think just being able, being confident, you know, it take you've had years to do this. You're very confident. You just hit the button and you just start talking and it just comes out and it makes sense and it's knowledgeable and I appreciate it. Are you, do you ever get scared though, before you're going to record an episode or is that past? You don't even think about that anymore. No, no, no. I get excited. I still get excited before I do Lexi Terry or anything. Before I go into a real radio station, my hands get sweaty. Mm. I love the smell of it. I love the temperature in there, you know, or, or, or any of that. I But then nowadays with your home studios, you don't get that. But I, um, to me, it's all about if your theme song gets you going or not. <laughs> Right. The theme song. Yeah. How do you get yourself worked up? And of course I'm asking this because I'm nosy because I like to pick your brain for, for my own well being. <laughs> but how do you yeah. get yourself worked up? How do you say, all right, we're about to record, let's get this going. Or is it the moment you hear the music that you're like, all right, I'm in the flow. Well, like I said, for Terry James Alive, I, I seriously will sit down and I'll think about what my intention is of the show. Mm. What is my intention today? What message do I want to get across today? And I'll put that into a couple words that I kind of keep in my mind, like almost like, a, you know, like you're meditating or something. Um, 
like uh, I'm trying to think of what my, I don't even remember what my last show was. But even though you just, I think that was the last one you just played. It was a yes. It was about you got an email from someone named Jordan and um, oh yes, fired you yes, up. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah is in my you know, and I think about what my intention of the show is. What's the message I want to get across? Is it let's all get together, or, or is this thing just everything we're going through absolutely ridiculous? And I and then I speak from that feeling. And, and hopefully I'll have some points in there, but that, that's the way it is. I mean, I, I get excited when I hear the song and, and, uh, as soon as I start it, I, I get going and, and it's also because the guy that made that song for me, he played every instrument and it kind of inspires me a little bit, even though it's not the catchiest tune in the world, but it's just little, little tricks I do to myself to get myself ready to go. You know what I love about your intro music is that when I hear it, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly who it is. And I think that's so cool that you could just play me that song and I'd be like, oh, that's Terry James Alive. There and you go. I, that, you know, I've been thinking about changing it a lot, too. I've been changing that whole show a lot, actually. So only the last five or six episodes have been what I consider really fun. So... No, well, I appreciate it. I listened to the last two. One was called Everything Matters. And then, of course, the the latest one, which is um, where somebody emailed you, Jordan emailed you, and it pissed yeah, yeah, you off. Yeah. And um, it sounds like you're, go you're really working on the self-help type of conversations, which I appreciate. It's why I wanted to do this. Uh, you know, I've always thought, and it's really weird, <clears throat> my entire life, and I think I told you this before, when I was like 15 years old, I was super shy. I was afraid of everything. Uh, and that lasted until I was about 25. And I, uh, I love self-help books. I learned about them. I always, through self-help books, I always felt like things were possible. And it, those were my friends. You know, the self, the authors were the Wayne Dyers and the Richard Box and the you know, even Tony Robbins and, and all these people that I, that I would listen to. These were my friends. And I always thought that this was where I wanted to go in life. But I always thought that I, you know, you know, obviously you need some success in your life. You know, it's not like, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I'm unemployed and I don't have a, don't have a degree and this and that. But everybody listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I always felt like I needed a little, uh, stats behind me before I make it happen. And that's, this is what I really, I'll be honest. It's what I eventually want to do, but I don't know if time is passing me by or not on this. So I'm just enjoying it at this point to see what happens. Well, now what do you mean by time is passing you by? I don't know. I, you know, it's, uh, you know, and my wife actually told me about this cause I, I did talk to her about this, which is really odd cause I normally don't talk to her about self-help stuff or motivation or anything like that. But I, um, you know, she came, I was telling her that I think kind of just, you know, I, I may not have the energy that I had before the passion that I had before. I may be getting a little too complacent that instead of traveling to go meet people and to do a live show, I'd rather stay home with my wife, you know, things like that. And, so I, that's what I mean by, by, by that whole thing is, is do I have that energy and the willpower and the passion to really go for it? And, you know, and that's, that's the, the constant juggle for me. So is it an age thing? Do you think? 
Uh, I think that that's definitely in my mind. Uh, but like my wife said, and that's what I was about to say. I forgot. Uh, you know, I was talking to her about it. I go, plus, you know, you know, I'm closing in on sixty, and I got to deal with this shit in a couple of years, and you know, and uh, what is this? She goes, well, you know, this is what that industry has. Who wants a twenty-two-year-old telling you what to do? Right. You know, so. Absolutely. And I don't want to tell people what to do. You know, I just want to throw my ideas out there and have a conversation. I love talking to people about it just as much as I love talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I'm not going to say this to sound arrogant, but I do see that you and I have almost some, a little bit of parallel ideas regarding our futures, what we're capable of. You know, I struggle daily daily with the idea of I'm not, I can't do this. I can't, I'm not, I'm too old. I'm too old. I'm almost 50. Just like you just said, like I'm almost 50. Am I, do I really want to get into this? And, um, and then you have to stop and say, just like you said, like nobody wants to hear a 23 year old talk about their experiences because they, I'm sorry, I don't want to be rude, but they really don't have fucking lived. No, they haven't had their heart ripped out by, you know, the person that they're attracted to. They haven't had their their heart ripped out by not getting the job they wanted and then realizing that, you know what, I didn't even need that. Things are better down the line. You know, they there's not enough perspective there yet. And it's not trash. It's, there's some very evolved, you know, 25-year-olds out there that I just go, wow, they really got this going on. But in my mind, even when I see one, I always think, oh, this is just a business move. You know, they're trying to brand themselves instead of being authentic. And I'm just letting this be authentic. And that's why I decided just, uh, you know, I used to plan the shows a lot more. I used to get guests on Terry James Alive, which I still do well from time to time. Mm -hmm. But I just want to, you know, I just want to talk from the heart, you know, and if it works, it works. I love it. You know, I want to go back a minute because you were talking about self-help books. In one of your latest episodes, you talked about that your childhood was fucked up and that you'll one day talk about it when you're ready. And I'm like, oh, maybe he'll be ready today. But (laughs) but you talked about when you were 15, you were reading self-help books. And, you know, you know, I come from a very fucked up childhood, like fucked up. And when I was 15, I would have never thought to read self-help books because I was just stuck in like a chaotic hamster wheel, just constantly going around and around. How did you know, or where did you get the information and knowledge to say, oh, you know, my childhood's um, fucked up right now. Let me grab this book and see if I can make myself better. Because that's really young well, to all do kinda, that. Well, I don't know. I, I know that my mom... Uh, you know, my brothers and sister, all much older than me. I was basically like an only child. I think there's like 15 years between me and the closest sibling. And, uh, you know, one's already passed away. The other's in their, you know, mid upper seventies. And, you know, it's just crazy. But I, um, I, I, I just thought that, you know, my family was full of, um, you know, you never make it. People that make money are evil. People are, you know, that type of stuff. I mean, my childhood was fucked up in a sense, not probably not like yours was. Mine was fucked up in a sense that I was just frightened to death of everybody and everything. I literally would, if a plane flew through the air, I would hide under a car. And I did that till I was, you know, almost 20. 
You know, I thought they were going to bomb me or something. Um, it was the weirdest thing. Adults, everybody scared the shit out of me. I didn't know what to talk or what to do or anything like that. But when I picked up uh, this one, I think it was uh, your erroneous zones from Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who ended up being on my show, which is pretty amazing. That's Same cool. with Richard Bach, who's one of my favorite people. Um, I, uh, I, I picked that book up and I think my mom told me about it or my mom had it laying around the house or something. And I picked it up and went, ah, oh, this is speaking to me, you know, and that's all I've ever read ever since. I'll read some other books, but only if they've got a good message in it. Like a buddy of mine wrote, um, what's that dog movie? The, the movie that just came out, the one about the dog. and the, Oh, with Harrison Ford uh, in it? Uh, not Harrison Ford. Uh, what's the name? The Art of Racing in the Rain. Okay. Uh, the the movie that just came out, The Art of Racing in the Rain. Um, my buddy Garth Stein wrote that book, and it's been in you know, and he just sent me a book of his that's coming out at the end of the month. And I'm like, oh god, he wants he's going to come on the show, and he and I have to read this fucking book, and I looked <laughs> at it and went. I looked at it and went, uh, oh, thank God. It's like a cartoon thing. It's like a dark cartoon thing. It's not going to take forever because my number one choice is always something. And I hope it does. His other things are very, have a lot of good messages in them. I just hope it has a lot of messages in them. Even one of my favorite authors like, um, uh, David Sedaris, even though his are extremely dark and extremely crazy, I always find the element of love in each little story. And and, and that's what makes me feel good. I, I don't know what it is to answer your question. I, it's a feeling that I have. It's, I, I like feeling hopeful. And especially in the way the world is today, there's not a lot of that out there. Uh, and I like feeling that I also, not just hopeful, but also in control of, manifesting what my hopes are. So, and, and there's certain ways that I've learned that have worked for me. doesn't mean they're going to work for other people. A lot of trial and error, man, uh, getting to this point and over a lot of these fears. And who'd have, anybody that knew me in high school, that, that if they knew what I was doing right now for a living, they would, they would shit themselves. Well, because you were the guy that would hide under a bush if a plane flew over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was afraid of dogs. I was afraid of everything. Do you know where this, have you been in therapy to talk about this throughout your life or, or no? Never. No, no never. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah. is there any, have you investigated at all to try to find out what caused that when you were younger, the, where that fear came from? Okay. Here's the weird part about this. And yes, I have thought about, that before, not just the fears, but also a couple of other things that may or may not have happened in my life. Um, I don't want to know. I I feel that I'm doing okay right now. You know, that I've overcome a lot in my life and I'm in a great relationship and I have a job that I love and, you know, that I'm doing my best to be as healthy as possible and, and all that. I don't feel that I want to go any deeper and learn something really weird. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. It's, maybe it's a cop out, but maybe it, I'm afraid of therapists too. It sounds like to me, you probably, that's another one of your fears is finding out 
more about digging deeper into your childhood because your life is kind of fantastic right now. And there's that fear of, oh my God, what if I find something that kind of really just fucks me up even more? Yeah. I mean, there's also the, the 23 and me stuff and all those. Um, <clears throat> I have heard stories about my family that apparently comes from Ireland and they're a bunch of roughnecks. And the stories that I've heard about my family are really kind of romantic in a way that they're kind of douchey people and they're, they're fighters and they're just, like I said, they're hooligans, you know, Uh, my grandfather apparently moved from Ireland and ended up running a dog track in Miami and from moving from New York. So there might be some sort of, you know, mobster connections there and all this. And I don't want to find out that that's not true (laughs) because Uh, I like the thing that I've created in my mind much better than what the reality is. And I've always believed that. I've always believed that you can create a, one of the uh, Richard Box quotes is you're free to choose a different past and also a different future. And why would I dwell on something that was very painful and have to work through that when, I, when I'm free to, you know, th- think that everything was all right. I'm all right. In my mind, I've talked myself into it. So I don't know. I, I'm sure that right now some psychiatrist out there is going, give me a shot at this motherfucker. Are but, you kidding? I'm I I'm having that idea. I'm like, if he pays me, I'll be his therapist. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, a nosy I, you fucker. Know, yeah, and that's it. I don't really, you know, I don't want to find out that you know, spend all this, you know, time and effort, and maybe it's anticlimactic. Maybe nothing did happen. Maybe uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is what I do remember, and I don't remember a lot of my childhood, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Well, you, so, you obviously protected yourself from whatever it is by forgetting it. And yeah, now, it, now that you're an adult, it's why, why would I go dig back that? Why would I go even go in there and dig these, this shit up? Yeah. And, and for people to go to therapy, I totally get it. I've seen it work wonders on a lot of people, but I'll, you know, I think I'm such a creative person in my mind that I, you know, I might have even imagined a lot of weird things or good things or whatever. I don't, I don't celebrate a lot of victories. I don't dwell on a lot of defeats. I just keep plugging along, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I was, and I asked you this because I was fascinated with the idea of, because, you know, I can put myself into my 15-year-old brain and remember what I was going through. And never did I think, oh, you know, I should try to understand what's going on or I should read these books that'll help me. I was just in constant survival mode. So my brain didn't even think that way. So I'm fascinated with the idea of how did that happen to you? And I think that that's really lucky for you because your life could have turned out differently. Yeah, like I said, I, when I pick up those books, they just spoke to me. It was it, it was truly like my friends. I could not get enough of them. Any online seminar, any video, any tape program, any of the stuff, I would give a try. Even the weirder things, you know, the real metaphysical, weird people channeling different people and all that. Even the weirder stuff, I was really into that and how powerful our mind truly is. And... You know, and that's one of the things that I want to live. I want to live the fact that I know my mind is powerful no matter what else is going on in my life or has ever happened or is about to happen, that I have the ability to turn it in and make it into the best thing possible. So, 
and and it's just all it's always looking forward. You know, I think I heard Oprah say one time because I'm a I'm a guy that watches Super Soul Sunday every Sunday. You know, um, I uh, and I, just because it speaks to me. My wife is like, oh, I'm leaving. You know, I'm out of here. <laughs> I, but, I can hear her say that. I could actually hear. Oh her. yeah, it's like well, she doesn't really say it, but she definitely leaves. You know that she's not interested in that, and I admire that. Um, but I need that stuff in my life, and I and I just love it. I just I just love it, and you know that's the type of people I love being around, and it's the type of people I like in my life. Um, it's just a, a way to manifest things, and I can manifest stuff like a motherfucker. Just thinking of positive energy. Is that what you're talking about? Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to think about, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this podcast successful. I'm going to think about it every day and I'm going to make it happen. Yes. Uh, there's, there's a lot of that involved, uh, but there's a lot of also planning and a lot of studying a lot of like you do your role model and talk to different people. And you know, there's, there's shortcuts to get there, but I, I know that if there's anything I want in my life, and I've, I'll be honest, I've gotten pretty much anything I've ever asked for. I wrote down what I wanted in a woman. I wrote down how much money I wanted to make per year. I should have wrote down a little more. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I, you know, I, I end up achieving it. I mean, I, it's, it's a daily ritual that I have, you know, writing it down and visualizing it and really feeling it and thinking about it for most of your day and, you know, and giving it a shot. What, why not? Everybody wants to do stuff, but you just got to do it. Right. And I think, I think the important message is that is you can, you can manifest, you could think, but you have to do the work. And I think there's a lot of people in the world, in the country, in the United States who just want to say, oh, I'm just going to manifest this, but I'm just going to sit back and eat bonbons on the sofa and watch Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. I'm obsessed with that show right now. That's why it's <laughs> And so, but you have to, it's not easy. You didn't get to where you are today by just sitting on the sofa saying, I wish these things would happen. No, I mean, that's one of the problems I have with my book, The Secret. I read that thing. And I, that's one of the few self-help books I almost wanted to throw out the window. Right. You know, <laughs> I've never read it. I, I've been thinking that way a lot of my life, but once I realized you have to put in work, you know, the secret is almost like you're saying, it's like, oh, just think you're thin and you're going to be thin. No, you got to go to the gym. You know, yeah. You gotta, yeah, you got to do stuff. And I think that's a disservice to people. However, that being said, I don't think that people always believe that, okay, if I want to be an actor, I have to put in 25 years before I get really good at it. Yes, there's a certain amount of experience, but. I don't believe that you, you know, I, I think if you believe that it's going to take you 25 years, it's going to take you 25 years. If you believe it's going to take you five years, it's going to take you five years. So mm -hmm. since you're going, like I said, I should have, you know, wrote down a little more money per year, you know, which right. I recently, <laughs> I've, cha I've changed that. So, right. But, but yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I think that, you know, if you believe it's going to take you a long time to accomplish something, then it's going to take you a long time. But if you have that work ethic and that belief that, okay, I'm getting really good at this. I love doing this. Let's see where this takes me. I am open for anywhere this takes me. Then you're already there. 
And you have to really look at yourself as that you're already there. That's one of the things the secret does talk about, but you really have to act like you're there. You have to act like you're in the game. You have to be in the game. Oh, that's, you know, you gave me some advice when I first started this podcast and when I was leaving the airline industry and you said, um, and I was talking about the podcast kind of saying, oh, well, you know, I just do it. And you were like, no, this is your job. You need to, you need to believe and act like you, this is what you do. And this podcast is very important and you're actually working there and it's your job. And, and it really has helped me to be more, I'm not going to say positive about it, but say, oh yeah, no, this is happening. And this is where my life is right now. So I need to accept yeah. it and, and be grateful. Yeah. It's not our, and only happening. It's there. It's happened. And just wait for the fun, the fun stuff to materialize. You know, you're already there. I mean, you've been looking at all the, the work that you've done already. You know, you've invested in yourself. You've done a lot of different things. You've interviewed people. You get little nuggets from everybody. To me, you seem like one of those guys you talk to, you get a little takeaway from every conversation you have. And that's one of the goals that I have. It's like, I don't want to talk to somebody unless they're going to inspire me a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Know? Right. So, because sub, subconsciously, I think I do these interviews because I want to learn, but I also want exactly. other people to learn too, who are listening. Yeah. No, exactly. And so when you put yourself, I mean, you're in the game, Joe, you're already doing this. You're an author. You're a, you know, you've already had some great life experiences and you're about to have more and you're going through a change right now by leaving the airlines and doing something you love and that you are there. This is not something that you hope happens. It's happening, you know, and it's, it's on. And you know, wait for a door to open. If a door closes, just realize that wasn't the way it was supposed to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have my ultimate end goal in mind all the time, but I am not attached to it. If that makes any sense. Let's just oh, say sure. my goal was, was to do a, and for the longest time, my goal was to, uh, have my own late night TV talk show. And I have since recently decided, well, that ain't going to happen. But look at all the other things that have happened along the way in pursuit of that. I ended up getting a syndicated radio show. Podcasting is now something that's very new and exciting. These are all things that, you know, never would have happened had I just stuck to my dream of, you know, which may not have ever come true. So when a door opens up somewhere, another avenue goes that's where you're interested. If something interests you, Give it, a, you know, go that way for a while until it doesn't interest you anymore. Right. You know, it's, and that happens a lot with me. I start going a certain direction and then I went, eh, I'm not as passionate about it as I thought I would be. Right. Don't get mad at myself for it. You know, but I gave it a shot. You know, I'm glad that you said that because I, I'm one of those people that I think, okay, this is the end game. This is the end situation that I want. And I can't think I have a hard time trying to think of it not working out the way I planned it. And you know, I left the airline about a month ago. I had like a little bit of a meltdown, mentally meltdown, because I was leaving the airline industry and I was just pacing the house saying, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I? It's like Seinfeld. Why am I leaving at the top of my game? Like I have the perfect situation and what am I doing? And Matt said kind of like what you said. He said, you're giving yourself the opportunity to be open up to anything that new comes along. It's true. And you've kind of, you know, I don't want to say you pigeonholed yourself, but 
you know, calling your, your yourself flight attendant, Joe, you're a flight attendant, you know? Right. And, and, and that's what you wanted to be. And that's what you lived. And that was great. And I'm not saying that you have to change your name or anything, because that's what your brand is. That's who you are. People know you from that. Right. But, but, uh, that, uh, my point is that's probably why you are having those moments of what, I mean, I've, I, I've, uh, I've become this guy, this flight attendant show guy, yeah. you know, and, and now I'm not a flight attendant. What the fuck? Right. It was, it was this identity, you know, I was so, I think I was more attached to the identity of being a flight attendant than I was actually, um, happy with fucking serving assholes drinks on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, anytime that I've let my job define me and it, there's been moments when it has nothing good goes from it, mm. you know, nothing good. Oh, I'm Terry from Lex and Terry. You should give me a car, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know that works, it, you need to let me know. It has in the past, you know, but, it, but it's, um, you know, anytime I let that job define me, I, it's always a big mistake. Um, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily, you know, uh, doing something you love, you know, how many people will go, what's, I bet Matt, they ask Matt all the time, what's Joe really like, you know? Yes. That, that well, yeah, they, they probably think I'm just the same way that I am when I'm on the air or when I'm in my books, they don't know that I just wrap myself up in a blanket and I don't want to talk to anybody for days and I just read books on end. No, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't that, you sound know, exciting. We, we, no, we all have our, our moments. We all have our, you know, our doubts, you know, even probably Bill Gates right now is probably going, yeah, maybe I shouldn't give away so much money. Uh, I might need that, you know, whatever. Right. Um, it, everybody second guesses themselves and it's natural to second guess themselves. It's natural to be sad. It's natural just, to, and then you accept, okay, I'm in a sad place right now. I'll let this play out. I've been here many, many times before. And I know that it could spiral into even more and more sad days, but I can stop it too by going, you know what? These are just momentary thoughts. It's like a little speed bump in the road, mm. you know? And, and I get back and, you know, get back to being who you are and being what you want to do and surrounding yourself with people you love, the people who inspire you and, uh, and do things that you, that you find interest in. And that's why you're so good at this job is because you're legitimately interested in things. And the people that are interested in stuff and others and also the outcomes of things, they go, they go very far. You know, I'll take Joe Rogan as an example. Joe, who I don't see eye to eye on in a lot of things, uh, but I, I know him. And, you know, what makes him so good is his genuine interest in everybody he has on. You know, he could be talking to some weird, crazy, you know, Ku Klux Klan guy or, or, the, or a nun. Right. You know, and he would be really interested in, in what makes these people tick. So, you know, and I think that that's, that's what you have and it's a gift and you. you gotta, you gotta keep going. You know, I like, what I like about Joe Rogan is how he will have like one of my favorite episodes. He had Dan Aykroyd on and I didn't even know what to expect. And Dan Aykroyd is, he believes in a lots of conspiracy theories. He believes aliens are here, all this stuff. And what I was, when Joe was interviewing him, he was, 
you know, challenging him, of course, because some of the things Dan was saying are just absurd, but he was doing it in a playful, respectful way, which made the guest very comfortable. Like no time did Dan Aykroyd, even when Joe was like, you know, this sounds fucking crazy. Dan never got offended. He was just like, well, you know, that's, it's what I've learned or whatever. So, um, yeah. And also yeah, when you're I going on Rogan's show, you know what you're going to get, you know, like me personally, it's like, I would never, and Joe's put this guy on his show a few times. I would never put Alex Jones on anything that, that right wing crazy fuck. Is that the guy you that know? runs that info wars? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. I but he puts him on. He's like a regular on his show. And, it, you know, and, it, and I think it damages Joe's uh, career a little bit because Joe is not as, you know, as crazy as that. But, you know, whatever, whatever. There's an audience for everything. And the audience, you don't go find the audience. They end up finding you. And, you know, there's ways to speed that up and manifest it, which I would love to know more about. But, um you know, I just think that you, the more you go and you start talking to things you're interested in, you go visit a Facebook page about some sort of topic you're interested in, you meet other people, you, uh, you know, you gain more knowledge. It's, it's just a, it's, it's just a fun process. I really enjoy it. And when you really think that you're, you're already there and you're standing taller and you're breathing taller and you wake up in the morning, you'd, you go, I'm, you know, I'm going to do an interview today. I can't wait to do one and record my podcast. This is what this is all about. You're a winner. You know, you're already right. there. You're doing it. You're doing it. And I appreciate that. Um, yeah. You just mentioned like gaining knowledge. And I know that you are someone that's always trying to move forward, to be enlightened, to educate yourself. You mentioned Oprah a little while ago. And there's, oh, one, yeah. there's one thing that I love Oprah has said before that I, I kind of hold dear to my heart. It's you should spend your entire life trying to educate yourself on things you don't know, cultures, life, just, or even just trying to be a better human being. And you do yes. talk about that. And, you know, you talk about the path for truthfulness and being a better human and accepting the truth and which helps you move forward. Do you ever struggle with what your purpose is in life? Well, before I answer that, there's another quote that I really like that Oprah does, and it kind of pertains to what we were talking about earlier. One of the quotes that she has talked about is when you're running a race, you never look around to see what's behind you, mm. you know, because that slows you down. When you turn your head to look behind you when you're running, what happens? You naturally slow down. Sure. You know, so why why would I invest so much time worrying about my past and mm. what I when it's the future that I'm really excited about? So. Um, I forgot your question again. Damn it. What was no, no, I like, no, but I love that. I know. I think that's, that's a great way to wrap up the part about, or just talking about like why you don't want to delve deeper into your childhood or find out yeah. what happened because why, why look back when I'm focused on the forward? Yeah, exactly. Why, why focus on that when everything in front of me is amazing. So why do I want to even think about shitty shit? Yeah. So, so your other question was, was it again about, oh, I was asking you, it's okay. I was asking you, do you ever ponder about what your purpose is? I've been really struggling with that since I <clears throat> left the airline. What's my purpose? Um, you know what? No. Okay. And that comes from reading all those books since 15 years old. Uh, I think most people struggle with their purpose. I hear people all day long. I get messages from people all day long about it. 
I have always known why I'm here. I just don't know what the path is going to be, what my message truly is. Is it is or my vehicle? Is the vehicle going to be a TV show? Is it going to be a podcast? Is it going to be speaking engagements? Is it going to be a book? Um, I just don't know what that is yet. But I've always known that I, you know. I leave every conversation I have with people being inspired by them and hopefully that they are inspired from some of the things I have said as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm here. Um, I love lifting people up. I love it. I love seeing people be successful. Uh, it brings tears to my eyes. I've talked to you about this before. I don't know if it's on or off the air, but I cry when people succeed. I don't cry over real sad things. Um, I, you know, when I see people celebrate, when I see people happy, when I see people laugh, I see a couple sitting in a car and they're laughing and I don't even know what they're laughing about. It literally brings tears to my eyes. It is a, it is, these are feelings that are so strong that I cannot get rid of and I don't want to get rid of. Uh, There are times that I'll tear up and my wife will go, what are you crying about? You know, and I look like a big baby, but I've learned to deal with that as well. I've learned to go, you know what? This is just who I am. I, I, uh, I am. I've always known that I want to be around positive people. And if I could contribute in any way, uh, it'd be great if I could make money at it. <clears throat> if I could turn that into my full-time job, uh, that would be great. I had thought by now it would have happened, but it hasn't happened yet. But I'm still doing it. You know, and I know that I'm a, I'm affecting people on a, on a smaller scale, but I'm still affecting people. I get some emails that bring tears to my eyes of people that are, you know, that have I helped change their life. And it's like, God dang me, you know, right. I, I'm glad that I was able to help, but you know, you don't realize what your email is doing to me. You know, you're helping me, you, you know, change my life. So I've been very lucky that I've always known that I want to talk about this. This is what I would love my job to be. And I'm open for it. Like I said, so I, I think that I'm one of the lucky ones because I've been around people that never knew what they wanted. You know, they're just doing what they can to make ends meet. And I get it. It's a, it's a rough world out there. You end up having kids, you have mortgages, you have car payments, you have illnesses and sicknesses and, and all these other things going on in your life. And you just, you're overwhelmed to, to not even be able to think about yourself. And luckily, you know, I've eliminated a lot of that out of my life by not having kids or pets or, you know, I could just, you know, work on me the whole time. And I know it sounds very selfish and I guess from the most part it is, but I'm always there for my friends and I'm always there for my wife. But what do you, you I just love love it. I don't think it's selfish to want to live the best life that you think is the best life for you. And if that means no kids or no pets, then that's okay. I don't think that's, that means you're selfish. Um, well, you, you hear people say it, you well, know, people that, will say it. They're gel. I think, okay, this is my unclinical diag- figure. I can't even say the words, but this is what I think. I think when people say that to you, they're jealous that you don't have the things holding you down like they have holding them down. 
I have friends. So I agree I with that. that 100%. Kids. I have I, one of my best friends has a kid, and all I, I don't hear it as much as I used to. But before I would, well, I don't have all the free time you do, Joe. And I would get mad, and I would say, "Well, I didn't want. I wasn't the one who had a fucking kid, so you know, it's not my <laughs> fault. You know, I kept my seeds in my balls. Excuse my language. <laughs> I didn't need to go there. But I wrote down just when you were just talking about um, how you tear up and you see people. It, you'll you'll see a couple in a car. You get excited um, for people who are successful. I wrote down um, he gets emotionally charged for other people's joy. So yeah, yeah. It sounds like when you see somebody succeed and work hard, you all you you're so happy for them. That's how you. That's how it comes out. It comes out in happy tears, which I think is very. You have a lot of empathy, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh... I'll even take it to another level. I uh, was raised a big baseball fan. My dad loved the Dodgers, and therefore I loved the Dodgers, and I still follow the Dodgers to this day. And let's just say, for example, the Dodgers lose the World Series. They make it all the way to the World Series, and they lose the World Series. On the last pitch, I have to turn the TV off because while the other team's celebrating on the field, Mm -hmm. I will cry for them because I will be happy for the team to beat my team. And I can't let that happen. So, Oh, so you, so if the other team is winning, you will shut off the TV because you don't want to be happy for the winning team. Cause your team is the losing team and you just can't control yeah, the emotion. I can't help it. I cannot help my joy for other people's joy and successes. I well, love it. I love seeing them happy. I love seeing people happy and healthy. I think that's a great quality as a human being because right now in the world, we're seeing such shitty people. But it's so interesting that you brought up sports because I, <laughs> you're going to be like, this bitch has fucking done his homework. I actually have a clip about sports from your la- one of your last episodes that I want to share. And then I want to talk about your love of sports and your reaction to sports. Are you ready? You're like, I'm ready, Joe. Know this? Turns out sports is kind of important to me, I guess. I mean, I'm not a crazy fanatic about it by any means. I used to be. I mean, I used to cry when my team lost and not want to talk to anybody and stuff. I have a very different attitude now. It's much healthier, a whole different outlook on sports. I don't lose sleep over my team's losing. I don't go into Twitter wars and start fighting with other fans of other teams. Oh, I've done it. I've done it. Don't you dare shit on my Dodgers. I'm going to go over to your house and bang your wife. (laughs) I love the end of the sentence. I'll go to your house and I'll bang your wife. Oh my God. That's hilarious. But um, you brought up sports and I had this clip ready because I wanted to talk to you about, I have this thing with people who become so obsessed with like honor culture and sports and they just take their love of sports like to an incredible, incredibly different level than other people. And I've always been fascinated by that. What got you into that? Well, sports has been a big part of my life. If it wasn't for sports and team sports, I know that I would not be who I am today. Uh, I played basketball in in college. I played in Australia for a little while after college. I uh, got a college basketball scholarship. Um, sports is a very important thing to me, but 
I also started, you know, it's, it's about the type of people I like hanging around with, like we're talking here. I made a decision a while back, I don't know how many years ago, but it's been quite a few years, that I'm not going to get upset, like I said, in that clip there when my teams lose. I'm not going to, you know, get in wars with anybody because, you know, my thought was, these players don't know who I am. They could give a shit about me. Why am I so invested in them when I could be spending my time bettering myself? I love the entertainment of sports. I love the competition. Um, I mean, sports literally saved my life. So, I mean, it's very important. However, it's not going to ruin my life either. (laughs) It's not going to dictate my life either. Mm -hmm. So I just want to be clear about that. I mean, I love, I love sports, but I, I agree with you. People take it to a, what I consider, I'll just say it, a very unhealthy level. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah, if that's what you're looking forward to all day, if your life is so fucking bad that you got to wonder if the Alabama Crimson Tide are going to fucking win on Saturday, that's how shitty your life is? That's what you live for? Look, I don't want to take away from people's joy, but if that's, I mean, that's their only joy, you know? And it's just odd to me when the joy should come from within, not from a team winning or losing. When you have no control over it, right. you have no control over it. Well, control is an illusion, right? So you're just sitting there hoping, and then you're going to get mad when the team wins. I've I've been to people's houses who are watching sports, and I go there. I'm like, I'm going to have fun. This is going to be fun, and it be, it's just this feeling of don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> it's almost like you're at some like you're like at an AA meeting. Like don't say the wrong no it's weird people get very attached to their sports team people get very attached and then tied into that and not there's that there's anything wrong with it i just found that it did not work for me you know i can talk sports and no sports with most of them but i don't have those conversations like i used to even when they talk sport when we talk sports on lex and terry i uh i can easily converse with everybody and, and drive the the conversation and a great, it makes some great points, but I just don't feel that that's really helping anybody out. Mm-hmm. So I like to change the subject to something humorous or to something that might help somebody out or take a phone call of somebody who's in distress uh, rather than argue over, you know, if the Cubs were better in 1980 than they are now, who gives a shit? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I've never been one for sports. I played tennis in high school, but I was gay, so that makes sense. It was either tennis or the drama <laughs> team. I played tennis a lot too, so there you go. <laughs> I think I do that. That's why I said that. But <laughs> just just to ruffle your feathers. But when yeah. I um, I was never into sports, and then I a couple years ago I fell in love with basketball, and um, I was and I'm a big fan of the Warriors, but. I was very struggling. I was struggling with the idea of being on teams because I think that's so dangerous. The idea of teams, you know, we see it in politics, you know, it's team Trump, team libs, team conservatives. It's, it's everyone loves to be on a team. And I was like, how am I going to, how am I going to appreciate basketball, but also not be a hypocrite to the things that I, that I don't like. So I decided to come up with this new thing where I'm going to like a player. And I'm going to follow that player. So like Clay Thompson, I love him. He's on the Warriors. If he left the Warriors, I would follow him to another team. So, you know, it doesn't make me stick with one team. And I know a lot of people will be like, well, what the fuck's the point of that? But it's, 
it's, it's, you know, but it's my way of saying, I want to enjoy sports in what I think is a normal, healthy way. Because, you know, I live in the Denver area. Now we have the nuggets. And two days ago, I was at a home Depot wearing my warriors t-shirt. And I thought, let's hope no one says anything to me. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't. Cause I was, I was wearing a mask and I looked butch. So it, they're not going to fuck with me. They're not no, going to fuck think, with me. <laughs> no, I think that what you're doing and the way you've looked at it is a very healthy way for people to deal with it. Like I said earlier, I don't think it's healthy to make it be your entire life. I mean, I learned a lot from team sports. I learned how to work well with others. I learned how to listen. I learned how to play my role in a, you know, just like in a marriage, you know, marriage is a team sport, you know, it's, you just, you just learn how to, 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 you know, to support one another, how to be there for each other when someone else is feeling sick or having a bad game, you know, you got to stick it, you know, you got to stick it up for that. I mean, I look at the Lexi Terry show as a team, you know, and, Mm -hmm. When somebody's having a bad day, you got to pick it up. And if I'm having a bad day, hopefully they'll pick it up for me. And, you know, it's, I've just learned a lot from it. I mean, a lot from it. So, you know, there's that angle. But I love, but I also don't want to waste my time on it anymore. And I've wasted, I wasted a lot of time on sports, man. I, you know, I I look like that douchebag, you know? Well, I, I never put a flag on my car, though. So I'll tell you that I never uh, did the flag with them going to the game thing. Right? You did, did you now? Are you the guy who wears the T-shirt to the concert? No. Okay. Yeah. I um, <laughs> it's it's funny because I you know I had for a while there I had a, a two or three at one time Harley's, and people would always ask me, "Hey, you want to go riding and stuff? Let's go. Let's do a ride. Let's do this and let's do that." I said, "I didn't get this to be with you." I got this to be alone, you know, I, I, and I don't have a Harley shirt. I look like a, you know, I look like a, a, a just a regular guy riding a bike, you know? Right. And, and I, so I, I didn't that type of culture, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just, I, that's not what makes me tick. What makes me tick was feeling like, okay, I'm getting away. I'm getting away from everybody and everything. This is just a great way to clear my mind and to come up with some ideas. And that was a lot of fun for a while. So, you know, I don't do that type of stuff. I'm not the, uh, I got to wear everything and do everything like that by any means. And I liked how you talked about teams because, right, I'm not anti-team, of course. But what I'm anti about is how people get so crazy about sport teams. And then you talked about, you know, when you're mayor, you know, Lex and Terry, that, that's a team that you work on, you know, being married is a team. And it made me think of, you know, you have to be kind to your teammates. And like yesterday, my husband, Matt, you know, Matt, he was having a rough day. He was having a bad day. Nothing was going right for the poor guy. So I got up out of my office. He works downstairs in his office in the basement. I was in my office. I got up. I, without a word, I just went into the kitchen. I made him a whiskey sour and I brought it downstairs and I was just like here. And he's like, Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. And you know, it just, I just thought of that because you've talked about being kind. We've talked about in the past, how you would ask Sherry, like, have I been kind to you today? Yes, absolutely. I, we do that every night in bed. I love that. You know, it's just a weird thing that, and and there's been a few nights that we miss it, but there's times when, you know, I'll just, it's usually me that asks it, you know, was I, was I kind to you today? Because it's usually me that's the asshole. 
you know, so, you know, and, and right. it's like, I, I, you know, I, like I talked about intentions before each Terry James Alive show. I, what's my intention of the show? I have intentions of my day as well. And, you know, my intentions, a lot of the times are the same when it comes to, to being married. And that's to show Sherry how much I love her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'll do things like, like you did. I mean, what you said just touched my heart. I mean, the fact that you just made him something to drink and brought it down there. And, and, and it's those, those things that are just spoken with actions, not words, you know, like you could almost read each other's mind. And it even happens in a team sport when you know a guy is going to be in a certain place because he's, you know, you know, one of your teammates is a great shooter at the baseline. You know, he's going to be there, you know, and, and he's going to be there and you, you just trust it and you throw the ball over there. He'll get it, you know, and, right. and he'll make a basket. You know, that's, it's, it's just these unspoken gestures, this, these mind reading things. And when you're in tune, you're in tune. And it doesn't have to be with other people. It also has to do with yourself. When I'm in tune with who I am and what I have going on, there's no stopping me. And I, I have a term for it. It's called being in my power, you know, and when I'm out of my power, I'll just make bad decisions. I'll eat bad food. I'll watch dumb TV. I'll waste time. Um, you know, and sometimes there's times for that. You need to do things like that. But when I'm out of my power, I'm just confused. I just, you know, I say the wrong things. But when I'm feeling good about myself, I treat others better. And, oh, sure. you know, and, it, and and every day I have that checklist that I talk about, you know, what am I going to do today? You know, what are my intentions? My intentions are to eat great. My intentions are to be kind to people, to support my team. My int- even though it doesn't go right sometimes, uh, those are my intentions every morning. And I go through my intentions every morning. And then at the end of the night, I re- evaluate, did I do it? You know? Are you somebody who journals? Do you journal? You know, it's really weird because uh, I talked about how I can manifest anything and I wrote down everything I wanted in a woman. I wrote down everything I wanted in my career, including how much money I wanted to get paid, which was, you know, at some point was, you know, a lot of money. And I hit the mark, you know, at one point and it was like, oh my God. And I stopped journaling. I stopped doing it because I felt like, you know, I didn't have anything else to add to it. I was going, God, I'm here right now. This is, you know, this is interesting. And it was the dumbest thing I ever did to stop doing it. And I, and, uh, starting this year, I started to get back into it. I have every day. Good. Again, oh, that's you good. Know. Do you, um, do you do it in a notebook or do you do it on mm-hmm. your computer? I can't do it on a computer. Okay. I have to write it down. Me too. Yeah. And I write it down and I, you know, and it's really weird because I have categories. Maybe I'm going to sound very anal on this thing, but I, I, <laughs> I have all these categories. The first thing I write down is my career. And I, you know, and I usually write the same thing every day. Like I, I host the number one rated uh, radio show in the country. Uh, my podcasts are super successful. You know, then I go to financial goals. I pay off my house in Seattle you know, and I always put myself in, you know, the present when I write it, I don't say, I don't like, I want, you know, you know, and then I, I have the astronomical amount. I make, you know, $10 million a year for, I always have to write down for what, what am I giving the world back mm-hmm. for that kind of compensation? You know, and I always do that. That's that's how, that's about knowing who you are and why you're here to answer one of your other questions. 
you know, so I always have to write down what I'm doing. That Why do I deserve that type of compensation? What am I giving back to the universe? And then I write a health one, you know, because I want to be, you know, extremely healthy and I want to be fit and I want to be energetic and I want to inspire people. Even if I'm 70 years old, 75, 80 years old, I want people to go, God, you sure don't act like it. You know, I, right. that is my goal. And so I write something that like that down and those are my three categories. And then at the end of the day, that's what I write in the morning. And then at the end of the day, I just write my thoughts for the day. And oh, you know, okay. some of them are, some of them I beat myself up. Some of the times I don't. Right. Um, so it sounds like in the morning you start with like affirmations. Yes. And then at the end of the day, you kind of just say, I'm feeling shitty today because blah, blah, blah. Or I'm feeling great today because of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. I blew it today. I didn't treat Sherry right. I, uh, I discredited one of the things she said, and I could tell it hurt her. Or I didn't support Lex on the air today when I, one of my intentions were to support him and not make him feel so alone because he, he feels that way from time to time. But he opens himself up for it, you know? And it's like, <laughs> at what point do you hold people accountable? over support. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, you got to hold people so, accountable. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, that's one of the things I'm, I'll be honest with one of the things I'm struggling with now. How do you, how do you hold people accountable as a leader of your team, you know, of the radio show? How do you hold people accountable, but also do your best to help them be happy about themselves? You know what I mean? Sure. Cause right. you know, some people think that, you know, that it just, just the shit just happens. No, you got to work, you know, and you don't want to hold people accountable, but I, I, I'm struggling with that. So I write that down during the day. But like I said, my intentions are always my main thing in the morning. I close my eyes just like I do before a show mm. I, or even before a game or before whatever. I've always done this, you know, this meditation thing. And then I, you know, and then I uh, write down what my, you know, my, affirmations are for the most part. And then at the end of the day, what I did and then throughout the day, it's a, it's trial and error, man. It's yeah. just a roller coaster. Every single day is. I love how you said, um, you write down like how much you'd like to make. And, but also what would I give back to the world? And you know, that is what I was <clears throat> talking about. Just like you said, um, when I question or I worry about what my purpose is, because I personally feel I'm very, very lucky to be in the situation that I'm in. And, and I, I deal with a lot of guilt. I was raised Catholic. So guilt is, guilt is like breathing oxygen for me. And it's something that I'm trying to struggle through. Um, but I feel guilty a lot of times. And that's why I'm like, what's my purpose? My purpose can't just be this. I have to be, do, there's got to be something bigger on the horizon for me. Do you feel guilty or do you feel not worthy? Oh, that's good. Not worthy. I do not feel worthy. Okay. Yeah. That's, well, I'm glad you, you are. that distinction. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, you know, and, and I, I hate hearing that from you because I see you sometimes differently than you see you. And this has been something that happens a lot with me, by the way. I, I really see the good in people and I'm usually disappointed. Uh, but I, I see you as a guy who's there right now. Your energy is amazing. People love you. You're smart. You know, you're funny. You know, you're, you're, you have a lot of great friends and a lot of people that, you know, you're in a great relationship. You're able to keep that together. You know, these are the gifts that you're giving back. 
Joe. These are the things you're giving back to people. This is why you deserve to make money at this. This is why you deserve it because, <laughs> because well, because you are, you're living, you're living the life, you know, like you said, there's a lot of things you're thankful for. You know, you've got a great husband, you've got all this stuff going on. You've had great experiences. You've traveled, you've, you've written a book, you've self-published, you've, you know, you've done all these things that a lot of people are so scared shitless of. You've walked right through all of these. These are the things that you, these are, these are, this is probably why you're here to, to do more of that on a bigger scale. But we don't, I don't think we see it when it's us. Like I can look at other people and say, wow, look at how successful those people are. They're doing it. They're making it happen. And then I sit here thinking, well, what's happening with me? But like you just said, I am doing it. So no, it's what really makes those people different? What you know, what makes a successful actor, you know, yes, there's some breaks there. There's some, you know, networking and all this. What makes anybody successful in anything? Yes, there's a little bit of element of being in the right place at the right time uh, and all that. But the, the real thing is, is that, um, you know, you are, you're just, you're there, you're doing it. I mean, you, you have to give yourself some credit, you know, and we are very, all of us, including myself, you know, that's one of the things, if you ask my wife, what's the one thing you wish Terry would change? I wish he wouldn't be so hard on himself. Mm. Uh, I get accused of not smelling the roses, but I've been a lot better at that lately. Um, but I don't find that that motivates me, you know, dwelling on something good. But, you know, you're really, you know, I'm just telling you, you have all the tools and you're doing it. You're, these are your gifts. And I think, you know, why you're here. I really do. If I, if I had put a gun to your head right now right. <laughs> and I just said, tell me the fuck why you're here. Why are you on earth? What are you contributing back? What the fuck? Why are you here, Joe? Um, what would you say? I would, if, I mean, why I'm here is why I'm here right now on the podcast or just in general or where I'm at in, in general. Life. Why are you here in life? What is your purpose? Because I hope that I can, I don't know, make people who don't see educate, not educate people. That sounds stupid. Um, I guess you're not here with a gun in my head. I don't know. Like, no, it's, I don't know no, it's not. Is. First of all, it's not stupid. Yeah. And the, the point I'm trying to make is you, like everybody else, you judge yourself. And you have to have a certain amount of swagger about you that it's only inside. Don't let anybody know. Don't verbalize your swagger. Don't go on the shit. But you know what? Walk out of the house every day with a purpose. Right. You know, do everything with a purpose. Every meal should have a purpose. Every action should be a purpose behind it. You know, and after you really start training yourself to think that way, it doesn't feel like you're, you know, you're doing a school project, you know, it just changes your life like that, mm. you know, having a purpose and having something. But I mean, I really, I know, you know, why you're here. You're just afraid to fucking say it, yep. you know, and you're right now you're going, no, 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 I'm pretty confused. <laughs> you're bullshit, Terry. I know no, you saying. know it. Um, I know you know it. You know, I... You know, and I think you're right. I think a couple of weeks ago it popped in my head and I was just having this thought of why am I doing this podcast? It's because I want 
someone who might not think the way that my guests would think, or I would think for them to say, Oh, that that's an interesting thought. Oh, maybe I should change, or maybe I should change the way I think about things. That's why I've had transgender people on gay people. Like I had somebody leave a, um, an Apple review saying like, Apple podcast review saying like, I live in Missouri and I'm a Republican and this podcast is not targeted for me, but I just learned so much today. And right there, I was like, I could just close up shop and be done. Yeah. Those are the things it's, you know, doing this is like golf, the way people uh, analyze golf. You're a really bad golfer, but you hit one good shot out of the 95 that you hit that day. You hit one good shot that makes you go back the next day to do it. Mm. You know, right. but it's, um, that is a normal thing. And yes, th these are just messages. That's the universe talking to you, Joe, that you're on the right track. That's the thing. You're sitting there going, what do you know? <laughs> you, these are, th these are, these are just, the, that's a physical thing that you're seeing. Right. That is saying that you're doing the right thing. So now how do you, make this your entire life. How do you, you know, we're, we're taught to be humble, you know, and, and I like to think yes. that I'm humble, but I also like to think that don't cross me either because, you know, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do this job. Mm -hmm. I still have a lot to learn, but I know how to do this. Um, there's a lot of people that I could use on my team right now to help get my message out there, maybe take over by social media or a publicist or, you know, some ad dollars behind me mm -hmm. because it seems like you got to have money to make this work like yeah. anything else in, in this world. But you know, you, you just, uh, you know, you're just too hard. You know, you're just too hard on yourself. You just don't think you're worthy. And you're that's, absolutely sad. Right. that's a sad, it's a sad thing because you are. And every fucking minute that goes by, you become more and more unworthy. You know, and there's things you can do for this. There really is. There's little talks you can have with your you know, with yourself. You know, you can spend a little extra time, you know, picking out what you're going to wear that day. What's your uniform for the day going to be? What are you going to project yourself as today? It's a fucking game is what it is. And not only is it a game with everybody else, but it's a game with yourself. Mm -hmm. And the person that wins the first is you, you know, when you figure this shit out. You know, you you know, every like you talk about things are illusion. Why don't you create a real positive illusion for yourself? Why don't you create and manifest this? You know, you're living where you want to have your summer and winter homes. And these are all, you know, physical things. But why don't you also manifest your love for, you know, for your husband going deeper and, you know, and your conversations for your show going deeper and all the, these are all just things, man. And, uh, you, you don't waste time beating the shit out of your, yourself and thinking that you're not worthy because you fucking are, dude. Right. Well, and I appreciate that. Um, and I think it stems from, which a lot of people would probably relate to this, is having, it's it's the, um, it's, how do I say it? It's the, um, it's the things we put on ourselves, our expectations. I think my expectations um, I don't want to say are too high, but when I see what I want, there's something in the back of my mind that says, you can't do that. Who, the, who are you well, fooling? Well, and well, that's guess what, what I struggle with on a daily basis. Well, guess what? You're right. I hate to say it. If you argue for your limitations, you own them. You know, 
simple as that. I hate to be so cut and dry about oh, it. No, it's fine. You're right. Yeah. You know, if, if you argue for, you know, not getting what you want, then guess what? You're not going to get it. Right. If you convince yourself, and that's the message, right? If you convince yourself you're not worthy, then you're not going to fucking get it. So just, and then be miserable. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, or you, you know, accept that. Yeah. Just don't, yeah. Accept that. You know, and I, and, you know, and that's the truth though. If you're arguing for your limitations, you're arguing for them. Mm. You know, you're defending the fact that you're not happy. That's bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. you know, Great. start, start defending and, and not accepting that, you know, go, no, I don't accept that. I, I'm going to learn something about myself today and I'm going to be open for any message that comes through. You know, any challenge that comes through, anything that's positive or somebody says something kind to me or somebody helps me, I'm going to accept it graciously and I'm going to just, I'm going to learn. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going forward, you know, and I'm not going to let the little things, because trust me, you know, there's so many little things we spend way too much time on, like politics and everything else, when you could be spending time around people that, that are spreading love, right. you know? I know that sounds really foo-foo-y, but it's not. It's not by any means. If you choose to live in that fucking toxic world, congratulations, you're there. Right. You know, but I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna be your teammate down there. Right. And, you know, of course, I'm just sharing, you know, a lot of people, de a lot of people <laughs> on a daily basis struggle with these ideas, you know, of, you know, not feeling worthy. And it's something, and I'm not going to lie. It's something that I fight because as a child, we're going to go back to that. It's always a back to that is I was told I was no good. You know, my stepfather was like, you're a wimp, you're no good. And as yep. much self-help of as I've done in the last three decades, that one fucking thing just is always knocking on my brain. Well, it's incredible. You know, it's incredible. one of the things that, you know, early on in the podcast here, you talked about, you know, a, a thing that I was talking about how one day I'm going to tell everybody what really happened. And it's not what people think. It's not salacious by any means. It has nothing to do with, you know, something weird that happened as a kid or anything like that. It's a belief where I changed a belief of mine and I'm only hanging on to it because I'll be honest, it's part of the book. <laughs> but, Did you just say it's part of the book? Yes, but it's a, I love and that. it's also part of my my speaking. It's part it's part of my speaking thing. It's it's part of it all. But I could give you an example of what it is. Okay, and it it has a lot to do with. Let's just say, like you said, your dad said you're a wimp your entire life. You know, and you're why? And there's more than just you're a wimp. Why were you a wimp? You got to go deeper. Oh, you know why did he think you, you were a wimp? You don't want me to. Okay. I'll answer it. Um, it's because when he was trying to molest me and I would cry. Yes. So. Now you threw me a curveball. See, I told you, I told you, I told you. And he would say to me, he would say, if you, if you keep crying, I'm going to go get your friend and he won't cry because he's not a wimp. So yeah. that's, that's a can of worms that, well, but, but uh, you know, I like the challenge here. Oh, I like the yeah, challenge. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's true. That is actually the truth. That, yeah, no, it's shocking but, to hear but, but, but no, but that's, you know, and it's horrible. And I'm sorry that you've had to live that way. But guess what? I think that that's what's made you this incredible person you are. 
Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of pain there. There's still a lot of pain, and I fucking get it. And, and you know, I hear stuff like that, and I physically get angry, you know, mm-hmm. uh, about somebody would do that to somebody. Um, but I, uh, I just think that there's just so many ways to spin anything that's bad in, into something good. Um, let, let's just, like, uh, let's just say that, um, you know, let, let's go for an example, uh, a family member, you know, like I've had family members say, Oh, so-and-so the, the, let's say your last name is, uh, Anderson or something. And, and the Andersons don't make a lot of money. The, the Andersons are thieves. The Andersons are bad people. The, all of the Andersons, they don't get any college education. They don't. And you hear that that's reinforced by all of your family members. Mm-hmm. Much like you're a whip type of thing, right. you know, it, you know, and all that. Well, guess what? Change your fucking name. Don't be an Anderson, you know, right. Get away from that negativity. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with love. Surround yourself with people you can identify with. You know, I bet your life, um, because of your sexual orientation is so much more colorful than most people's and so much more fun. And so much, you know, open-minded and, and the fact that you've had to, and you've overcome so many different struggles and stereotypes, you're a much, I argue that you are a much stronger person than I am. You know, I agree. I agree that gays and minorities and people that have had struggles like that tend to be stronger people as they're older. So I will agree with you on that. Not you, you you specifically, but in general, yes. No, and listen, I, you know, because of struggles I've had, I've been become stronger, you know, and, and once again, I don't like is really something that if I'm going to keep doing the show, I have to share a lot of them, mm, you know, yeah. uh, and, um, and I'm, a, I'm a pretty open book. I'm not going to sit, you know, but I don't, I don't remember a lot of my childhood. A lot of my struggles are day to day struggles that everybody's facing, you know, what are we going to do with this 2020 thing? What's happening? What's, what's going to go on? Are we getting sicker? Are we going to get healthier? Um, did I save enough money? Uh, you know, all, all these questions, you know, that really have to do with what's happening in the next 30 days, you know, am I going to make rent? Am I, am I going to get sick? You know, <clears throat> right now I've got this, you know, this horse feeling and this horse in my throat thing going. And I, you know, I want to get it looked at and I've got an appointment and all this. It's just little things that bother the fuck out of me, you know, and everybody has things. This is, you know, it's not a, just realizing it's not a, it's not a happy parade every day. I mean, you have happy moments and you should, you should own those, you know, really enjoy your happy moment, but also, you know, kind of learn to enjoy your shitty ones, Mm, you know, in a way like. Oh, this is a lesson. This is something I, I can talk about. This is something I, I've overcome, you know, I, you know, rehab with my knee. I, I ripped my knee up mm-hmm. and my father, when he was alive and I was very young, he had rheumatoid arthritis and he was in a wheelchair. <clears throat> I don't, my, my dad was way different than the other dads that my, the dad that my siblings had. Because when I became along, he had rheumatoid arthritis, and he was very athletic. He was on the Olympics, uh, tried out for the Olympic swim team, had a letter for it, and all this stuff, and World War II, and all this kind of shit. And I, um, you know, I, I forgot what I was bringing up, but damn, it was good. 
<laughs> this happens to me all the time. I get I get so excited about stuff. I always end up losing my train of thought. Well, you're talking about your um, dad in a wheelchair and how. Yes, 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 that. and yeah. Okay, so you know, and he had two new knees put in, two new wrists, two new hips. I mean, he looked like he was, and he couldn't walk. I don't even know why I had him. I guess just for pain or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a crumpled up man, and. I ripped my knee up playing basketball where I, I completely tore the thing up and people that, that saw it happen were like, Oh my God, they were horrible. They screamed. It looked so bad. And I pushed my leg down cause it looked dislocated and my kneecap spun up into my thigh Oof. and I could see it spin up and it was painful as fuck. But what I said out loud was, what am I supposed to learn from this? And I immediately thought, I'm going to see if I'm as tough as my dad, you know? And every day that I complained, every day that I, I didn't do the work that I had to do do for rehab. I always thought about, geez, the shit that he went through and I can't do this, you know? So these are all little challenges. These, these are all little challenges we have in our lives that you could look at as a challenge and rise up and learn from it. Or you could let it fucking get to you. I could easily sit here today and go, uh, I don't want to work, go to the gym anymore because my knee doesn't hurt. I don't want to go ahead and play basketball anymore and shoot because you know, it's just the, the every day we're faced with a decision, you know, that that's life changing. Well, I love how you you had this. Well, I don't love it, but that you had this situation occur to your knee, and instead of crying and screaming, and well, you might have done that from the pain, but you were like, "What am I going to learn from this?" Because I'm looking at my dad who's fucked up in a wheelchair. I, you know, I need to be as strong as him because I know he's strong. And and I and I do think that the sh- bad things that happen to us, like what happened to me as a kid, yeah, you know, I'm so far a- past it now, kind of, that when people are like, I'm so sorry, I'm like, that's nah, fine. It's, it's made me who I am today. Yeah, but it's also, you're also helping others. You know, you're helping others that, and it's not necessarily people that have gone through the same thing, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that have gone through the same thing, but you're also helping others face their, their fears, face their reality and face something that they, they need to deal with. Yeah, You know, that's true. So you have that going on as well. And you know, that's a very important story for you. Mm. It is, you know, it, 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 that is something that does define who you are in a positive way, you know, very painful, excruciating and I'm sure if you had to do it again over that you would, would not want to live through that way but oh god if I, many... if I had to go back I would have just killed him when I was like eight years old <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I would have just stabbed him or something and then been like all right I'm fine now yeah it's it's really tough I mean it's it's you know every day we're faced with all these challenges and now we got people fighting over just bullshit and but you know you, I uh, you just mentioned Defi- you you mentioned the word define, and in your episode no. um, "Everything Matters," you talked about defining moments. And yes, that was that's being raped by my father is a defining moment in my life. Playing basketball, being playing sports was a defining moment in in your life. But you talked about how you had to redefine these moments, redefine what's a defining moment, and how did that occur? Well, it, it happened because I was getting very sad. Because I see these people having defining moments, uh, and I cry for these people. Uh, somebody winning an Oscar, somebody, 
you know, laughing in a car. So these are, these are all moments to me that are, are defining moments. And I've always, you know, I've always visualized myself. And I, like I said, I've been a good visualization guy and I've always visualized myself walking out for a late night TV show. And to the point where even still to this day, like when I've talked about it again, my, my palms start to sweat right now talking about it. I know what the temperature is in the studio. I know how I know that this is a defi- would be a defining moment for me. And it's a big one, obviously. It's a big giant moment. Like, oh, you got your own late night TV talk show, you know? And, uh, but then I've, I've had to redefine these to answer your question <clears throat> that there are so many, the redef- the defining moments are not big or small. There's none bigger than the other. There's no, no smaller than the other. You just have to be, have your eyes open to them. You know, it could be meeting somebody, you know, you met somebody at Home Depot, you know, let's just say you met somebody at Home Depot and you become friends with them and they, they literally make you look at life different or they, you know, or they scare the shit out of you, which is is a defining moment where I'm not going to trust a fucker like this again. You know, defining moments don't always have to be joyful. They also can be painful Mm -hmm. and, you know, and they get you out of problems or they get you into happiness and not one of them is any bigger than the other. And I always used to think they were giant. I always used to think a defining moment was winning an Oscar or, you know, getting your own late night talk show or making $22 million a year or something like that. When yes, those are, but there's so many other defining moments throughout the day that, that you can choose to look at them as a defining moment. And well, most people let them just slip by, you know, because they're worried about something else in their life. They're letting a, a you know, meeting somebody slip by or a book that they wanted to read. You know, <clears throat> you know, you're, uh, my theory about reading a book is that I hope that every book I book I pick up, I hope that I get one thing out of it, just yes. one thing. I'm the same way, just one, <clears throat> one sentence out of 300 yeah, just, pages, and I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Just one thing that gets me going, and th- that's also a defining moment, you know, but you didn't take the chance because you didn't have time to read or, or whatever. Um, so that's the way I look at them now. I, that's something that's really helped me uh, over the last, God, I mean, this, this is new to me. But, you know, this is this year, you know, that I, I realized that not everything has to be big and grandiose. Things could be. You know, there's like I said, there's no none, none bigger than the, than the next. It's what you choose to make out of each one of them. Yeah, and I love how you you said people <clears throat> miss these opportunities. They miss, you know, they miss these moments because they're unfocused. And you know, it's it's not the world like it used to be. Everyone is preoccupied with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and life is just flashing by where you're not sitting there ready for these incredible opportunities that come by. Yeah. You're not participating. Not participating. You know, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's kind of what it is. You like you said, you know, you're watching other people's lives. You're wondering what's going to happen you know, to Fauci, you're wondering what's going to happen in the election. You're wondering, these are all things that are out of our control. 
Right. You know? Yeah. And you could spend all day long looking at it and doing research and talking to other people and commiserating or, or arguing if you want. You can, you know, I mean, listen, if you want to get into a fight and you're on on war, uh, online war, there's no better time than now. You know? Right. But, but that's not who I, who I want to be. Um, and I've had defining moments there when I really look back at it is like, okay, I got into an argument with somebody once uh, online and uh, it turned out that they were a, um, a uh, trying to think of what, what it's called, the, uh, what's, what's it called, the, a parent that loses a, a, a child in the oh. war. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh man, I, I can't believe it. I have my friends who are that right now, and I can't even come up with the name of it. I feel embarrassed that I can't remember because it's very important to me. But these are, um, you know, you know, you, I got into this Twitter war with somebody, and uh, and it turned out that they were one of those. And I was like, oh God, why did you do that? You know, you don't know what this person's going through. And to me, that was a defining moment. That was when I went, I don't need to do this anymore. You know, I don't need to get involved with that. I don't know what people are going through. I, I can spend, you know, obviously social media is very important for what we do. And I've got all the accounts and I'm very active on all the accounts. But I don't spend a lot of time reading what people write anymore. I don't go online to, to see what people are saying on Twitter. Um, I, I used to use Twitter for news. Mm. That's where I got my news. I don't, I don't even do that anymore. I just, I don't need it. You know, because of that defining moment, gold star parent. Oh, thank God it hit me. Gold, so um, a gold star parent is a parent who loses a child in the war while they're at yes. while they're in the military or in a war. In the, okay. in the service. Yeah, I didn't know that yes. either. Wow. Okay, gold star. Yeah. Okay. And I have a friend who's a gold star parent. He's like the greatest guy in the world, and you know, very sad story. And you know, but it's it's a uh, you know, but those like I said, that's a, a defining moment there that I never knew was. I never thought that was, I just thought that was, oh, I got busted. You know, what the fuck? That's a, well, that's embarrassing. No, that's a fucking teachable learning moment, dude. Don't do that, Terry. You know, mm. that changed not only that simple action there has freed up more time for me, has given, made things a lot more healthy around my house. Um, I'm not on, don't get us in many Twitter wars, although I will from time to time. I'm not going to say I, I don't anymore, but every once in a while you catch me on the right moment, I'm going to fucking tear your head off. <laughs> but, but that, that happens now once a year, although I've been known to keep a, a you know, an online battle with somebody for months, but, um, I don't do it. I just, it's just toxic. I, I can't handle the toxicity that's happening in the world today. And, and sometimes that toxicity gets, it gets to me. That's too much. You, um, you feel people's joy. You're, you're, you're emotionally charged. Like I said, with when you see somebody happy, when you see somebody successful, they've worked really hard. Do you, do you have the same emotions though on the opposite side when somebody's sad or somebody's doing something shitty? Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, when, when I see like, uh, the other day I saw a woman sitting in the, in the park, um, and I was walking by and she was alone and, and I could tell she was very upset. You know, she was, I think she had just got some bad news and she was trying not to cry or I don't know what happened, but I just wanted I just wanted to let her know that I loved her, you know, and I, you know, how do you do that? You know, uh, but 
I get more out of, you know, uh, I'm easily, I'm more easily to cry when it comes from joy. Um, when I, when I see people in pain, I, I become very compassionate and very, what can I do to help instead of, you know, instead of feeling sad for them? What can I, what can I do to help? Did you stop by this woman in the park and say, how are you? Or is there anything I could do for you? No, I, you know, I told myself on the way back, if she's still there, I might say something, you know, I talked myself out of it just because what do you do? I mean, I, you know, what do you do? Right. You know, I'm sure maybe she would have appreciated if I would have said, you know, can I, do you need anything? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. You know, and she probably would have said, okay, and I would have moved on. But, you know, I, I'm always the people, the guy that wants to fucking, you know, this isn't trying to sound heroic, but if there's a fire, I usually run to it. You know, like I was just talking to somebody about this this weekend. I saw this horrific car crash a couple times, but I saw this one, this car goes flipping. It was a, it was a truck that had like a camper bed on it, mm-hmm. but the low ones, and it was flipping end over end over on I-10 in Florida. And it went from one side of the freeway all the way over the middle to the other side of the freeway that I was on. And I see this thing flipping over and over. My wife is like, holy shit. I'm like, holy shit. I got to do something about this. You know? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about that today. Or the over the weekend with somebody was, and so we pull over to the side of the road. I'm the first to open up the fucking car door. And what do I see? This little kid. Oh. Uh, this little kid coming out of the middle of the camper shell. I can't see the parents because the car's upside down in about six inches of water. And, and I can't see the parents, but I see this little kid and I, and he's coming towards me and he's holding a rose in his hand. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why do I have to see this? You know, but so I pull the kid out and at that time, other people came to help as well. And, you know, I, I spent the last, the next week or so worrying about these parents and this child and what's going on. And, you know, my wife and I tried to find out what hospital they may have gone to. Do you know anything? Called the police department. Do you know anything? And obviously they can't give any information, but, oh my God, dude, you know, it's like, so I'm more focused when I see somebody in distress than I am you know, crying for tears of joy and elation when I see somebody happy. You know, I, I, I find that admirable. And, but I also think, do you, have you ever struggled with like codependency or wanting to save people? Because I know I have, um, you know, I, I don't think there's that. I don't take it to that level. Um, I take it to a level just to where they disappoint me. <laughs> you know, people will tell you Lex and other people on the Lex and Terry show is one of the, and I think it's almost a curse. And my wife will even tell you this. I see the good in people, even when they're not showing it mm-hmm. and I'm going to stand by them and I'm going to do what I can to help bring that out of them. Um, but I'll say 80, my percentage is not high. I'd say 85, 90% of the time I end up, you know, looking like a fucking fool by giving them a second chance or a third chance mm-hmm. or a fourth chance because I see something good in them when they just don't see it in themselves. 
And that's the bottom line. If you don't see good in yourselves, you're not, you're not going to project that to anybody else. So I, I just, you know, I, yeah, I don't true. get into the, um, I'm going to go ahead and save this person type of thing, but I, I do want to be there if somebody needs something, uh, you know, a shoulder to cry on or, you know, or an uplifting word or, or something like that. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think I struggle with codependency. So, you know, well, that's I'm good. not addicted that's good. to anything. So. That's good. That's good. You know, I've, I, I'm starting to now think that there could be, because, you know, I was raised by alcoholic parents, there could be a little bit of codependency in my brain somewhere. And it's regarding the people that I invite into my life. Um, I'm always going to be attracted, I think, or I shouldn't say that that's hyperbole, but I seem to be <laughs> attracted to the yeah. people who might need who needs somebody to guide them, who needs somebody to Yeah, I, be there. you know, I see that a lot. I see I see people choose their partner because of that, mm. which is absolutely ridiculous mm. to me. You know, I'm going to save this person. No, right. you're not. No. You're you not going to save this person. Have somebody who help uplift you, you know, uplifts you. Sure. Or at least <laughs> at least come in 50-50%. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, and I grew up, you know, you're, you know, I'm a generation before you and, and they, you know, the families that, you know, I mean, there was drinking in all of my families, you know, yeah. my, I guess they, my family, if I knew it, you know, they probably were alcoholics. I know my brother was who passed away. Um, but I have, I've never developed a taste for alcohol. Um, if, if I catch myself doing so too much of something, uh, you know, playing video games or, or, you know, masturbating or whatever the fuck it is. Uh-huh. You just go, okay, it's time to shut that down. Right. You know? Well, I won't shut so, down masturbating, but I get what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was just it. trying to be salacious finally oh. on the show. Well, but, I've, I've found myself like that with edibles now that I can do them legally. Well, yeah, I live in a state and I don't work for the FAA or the airlines anymore. And I notice now in the last couple of weeks, it's like an everyday thing. Like five, yeah, I, five I can see come, that. Yeah, five or six p.m. comes around, and I'm popping a couple edibles, and then I'm watching the Twilight Zone into the rest of the night, and and I'm like, oh, this is fun. But I don't want to get it to that point where it's like I have to do this every night. Yeah, and I'm gonna go ahead and you know and and argue for you for you on this is that this is at least it's not alcohol. True, you know. It's, it's something like that, that, you know, but yeah, it's also a way to check out too. But like you said, at the end of the night, that's the thing. I mean, I have never smoked pot my entire life, but I have done edibles mm-hmm, me too. and that's a new thing in my life that my wife, I blame her, got me in, involved in because she didn't want me to take an Ambien because I wake up at two thirty in the morning for my job. Right. You know, so there's a, you know, one or two nights a week now, I, uh, I'll look at the clock. It's, it's like four o'clock, three thirty, four o'clock. I'll take an edible that uh, that'll you know that'll kick in in a two and a half, three hours, and I'll be ready for bed. Mm. And 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 I'll do that instead of taking Ambien. 
Right. That, well, so, that sounds that sounds smarter because Ambien, you're, yeah, if you have to wake up at that hour of the day, but it's so relaxing. You know, Matt and I just recorded last week an episode where we were on edibles, and it was the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> yes, I have downloaded that show. I have not listened to it yet, though. I, I put it in my uh, queue to listen to that specific one, so it's, I can't wait to hear it. We well, you know, when I was planning it, I was like, we should just do a random call to Terry. I should just call Terry. It was a Friday night. I was like, let me just call him. I know they're probably just hanging out, but I was so high that I could barely run the board. So well, I did it to you. So, you yeah, know, and, I know, and that was a very uncomfortable one. You're like, okay, I gotta go now. It was great. No. But well, I've come to the conclusion now that whenever Matt's on, because he's on every fifth Monday of whenever there's a fifth Monday, I think we're just going to be high and talk about current events because it was so much fun. It was, and Too bad it's not on Friday. You can call it high day. I could call it high day. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, in your in your last episode, the one where an email gets Terry fired up, you were talking about um, watch You're like, oh, you know, sometimes I just got to relax. So I watched some Karen videos, the term Karen, you know, where yes. it's, it's usually white women going crazy. And you said, uh -huh. but it, it makes me sad. And now, and I, and I wrote down, why does it make him sad? But now I'm thinking, I know why, because, uh -huh. or maybe it's because people, you see these people acting like that and just the way they're acting in humanity saddens you. Yes. That's it. You know, at first I'm going, oh, good. Finally, the white woman gets a little taste of what everyone else has been getting, you know. And and I know that sounds mean, but I, I, I was like, okay, this is good. Because we've all seen ladies that do that. And I thought it was funny at first. So I started following a couple of the, you know, the Karen accounts on Instagram. Oh, there's accounts? And, oh, there's accounts. Oh, there's, there's like two or three different accounts that it's all just Karen videos. And, and so, and I can't remember the names of them because I'll be honest, I deleted them. I, I watched it for like, not even a week. It didn't even last a week. I was going, and it got to a point where I'm like, this is, these are real people. This is yeah. the way real people act. And I said, I, you know, the world is so mean out there right now. Why am I putting myself into that? Mm -hmm. So I, I really did. I literally got just very sad watching. I went from laughing to immediately like, this is pathetic. This is really bad. I mean, I'm glad on a, on a level they're being called out. They get to see how they really are and they're going viral and maybe that'll help change them. But I just don't need to see it anymore. I don't need to see it. I don't need to see, even though the racism is really important now, um, I get uncomfortable with it and that's probably what I need to be, you know? Oh, sure. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who doesn't believe that they're racist, but you know, when you really look at it, maybe you are now, or maybe I, I didn't look at it the way that I always looked at it. You know, I've always had black friends. I've always had, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, sound like one of those people, but you know, it's, you know, I was played college basketball. I was the only white guy on my team. I, you know, I, I lived in a very ethnic neighborhood when I, you know, up until sixth grade. Um, you know, I've, I remember playing in, in a high school basketball or playing in a high school basketball tournament. And this guy that I guess went to a grade school with me, this, this kid is kind of Danny. He's this black guy from Germany. He came up to me and he goes, did you used to go to Glen Martin? And I said, yeah. He goes, you're Terry, right? I said, yeah. He goes, I'm Danny. 
you made it out. You're alive. I didn't think you'd make it out alive. Aww. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, but so, but I, you know, I'm sure I do have some prejudices that I need to work on. I, I do, you know, you know, like whether it's gay stuff, you know, I've got a lot of gay friends, but that doesn't mean I'm, you know, I'm not uncomfortable by it, you know? Okay. So, were you so, un- so are- you were uncomfortable that time I was trying to eat your ass? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that was really nice. I mean, by the way, th- and thank you for eating a mento beforehand. That made it a lot better. That actually makes the whole thing better. <laughs> yes, but but no, you know what I mean. I do. Uh, you know, I do. With with everything that's going on right now, all these different things where I thought I was cool. Maybe I'm not. My point is, is maybe I'm just not as cool as I think I am. Maybe I'm just accepting. Maybe I really am not looking at it from the other person's point of view, whether it's a, a gay man or uh, you know somebody you know that's you know a different race or, or whatnot, or somebody that's not of the same you know a homeless guy, whatever you know. I, I that's something that I think I need to be a little better at. I mean, I consider myself very empathetic towards a lot of people, and I, I just maybe, just maybe, I need to be a little better at it, and I'm open for it. That's right. all I'm getting at. No, and you know, you you said something about being white and uncomfortable, and I think that is the first step in anyone who's trying to understand what's going on in the world right now. It's it's yeah. you know. These aren't, you know, I don't live in that types of situations. So I have to make an effort or people have to make an effort to understand why people are burning down police stations and, and rioting in the streets. You know, when I see yeah. people say, I don't understand why this is happening. I'm like, you don't? Well, where the fuck have you been for the last 400 years? Yeah. I mean, we, we've got a guy on our show named Dean. He's a black guy. Uh-huh. He's been on our show forever. You know, and people go, oh, you had to hire him because he's like, no, we hired him because he liked to play video games with us and he was funny. That's why we hired him many, many, many years ago. But I have seen, because our show is basically a white guy show, mm-hmm. you know, we're on a lot of our stations are on in the Southeast. And I have seen the hate and racism delivered towards D on a, on a weekly basis. Are you serious? Oh my you know, God. I did not know that. The stuff that oh, the stuff that he's had to endure has is, is just sad. been really horrible and it pisses me off. Um, there's been times when I'm like, get over it. You know, these people are just racist. Fuck them. But you know what? You can't say get over it. You know, and you just can't. You, there's no getting over this. Yeah. The, you know, you, you can't turn, you know, it's to the point where I would just, you know, you just kind of turn the other cheek and you go, I'm better, I'm better at being at living than these people are, you know, but no, you can't turn the other cheek down. You have to be there for your friends. You have to be there for your, you know, your fellow Americans or, or your fellow, the people you love in your life. And I love Dean, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, it, it's, it's, it's just strange. It's just, you've got to be there for him. My point is, I guess I'm not as involved as I thought I was. You know, I've got a lot of, you know, most of my friends, most of my wife and my friends are gay guys. Mm-hmm. It didn't, we didn't set out that way. We're not the, let's go get a bunch of gay friends. It's just that we don't have kids. Right. You know, 
and, and most of them are. And, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I don't know what it's like to go through what you've gone through. I just figure, you know, I'm, I, I know that I'm accepting and I know that you know that and you sense that from me mm-hmm. and I'm not judging and there's none of that going on. But I think I, you know, I, I don't know if I have done all I can to really be there for you to be there, there for my, my black friends or whatever. I just feel like there's something else more that I can do. You know what? I think that's incredible. And I think that is what, you know, where you're at right now is actually you're standing in front of this open field of information and you're willing to accept that you don't know everything that, Hey, there might be some things that I need to learn and you're willing and accepting to learn them. And there's a lot of people, and there could be a lot of listeners on your Lex and Terry show because of where it is, where they don't, they have not gotten to that point and they may never. They may never. And you know what? Bless them for it. You know, they, they're comfortable there. You know, you were talking earlier about, you know, the peer pressure and all that other type of, you know, I, I, what am I trying to bring up here? Um, we were talking earlier about, um, God damn it, what was it, Joe? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. We've, ta- we've, ta- we've talked about a lot. Um, yeah, I guess remember. it's not that important. Don't worry about it. Okay. It'll come to you after I'm sure. I'm sure it will. I'll call you tonight. Going, well, I know what it was. <laughs> but no, but I, um, I think it's, I, I think it's admirable and, and brave to come on the show and say, Hey, you know what? I'm maybe I am, maybe I don't understand, or maybe I'm not as comfortable with gay people as I'd want to be, or maybe I don't understand oh. all the stuff with black people that I should or whatnot. Yeah. That's very I, brave. You know, when it comes to the gay, yeah, when it comes to all that, I really think that I am. I, I, I definitely am understanding and, and my, you know, the friends that are, we are all different. You know, we all have our differences and everything. And I've always looked, I've, I love our differences. I've, I've learned to, to love it uh, in, in people. But now you can't even, you know, it seems like if you bring it up, you're going to get in trouble, you know? What do you mean? But, what do you mean? Well, it depends. It depends on how you approach the differences. You know, there's, I think there's a lot of white people out there that have questions, whether it's to blacks or to gays or whatever, um, that have questions that they want to ask, but they're afraid of the way it's going to come out. They're going to look like they're a bigot. They're going to look like they are, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, I, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of people out there that would like to learn more about it, but they're just afraid of the way they're going to look and the way they're going to be perceived. Because if you say something nowadays, like, you know, I don't get, you know, I, I don't have a good example, but if you say something now, you could end up being, you know, a cancel culture. Oh yeah. You can't you say know? anything anymore. You, you, you can't eat and here. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's a bad point. It's a bad time in history regarding that because We've gotten to the point where now you can't even ask questions about somebody who's different than you, whether, even if you're just trying, even if it's an honest question regarding, oh, I have one. This is a question. So I have, I'm not going to say I have a problem. I'll probably get an email for this, but that's exciting. You know, let's take, let's take transgender actors or actresses. Um, they want to play transgender roles. They also want to play, you know, the roles of who they believe they are, who they are inside. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but 
they will all they they this group of people also don't think that cisgender people which is like me born as a, you born as a male or women born as a female should play transgender roles and i think that's hypocritical because you're saying that sh that cis people can't play transgender roles but you being a transgender person want to play cisgender roles and i think that's kind of a hypocritical thing no, and, you, and you're right. There's so much, like we talked about, I've got a lot of, of, of gay friends, but I don't have many that fit into that category. And, you know, and uh, that's something that I would like to learn more about, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. But I agree with you 100%. You're an actor, you know? Right. Y you know, it's. I think you're talking about the Halle Berry thing now. Well, all of them. There's so many of yeah. them. It's, yeah, you're, so you're, you're an actor. actor. You yeah. shouldn't be giving up your acting roles because a group is mad at you. I mean, maybe there's something else you could do, but, you know, you're, you're a bankable actor. You've worked so hard on becoming the name that you are, and studios make money from you. And, yes, there should be roles for every type of people out there. There really should be, but it is a little hypocritical go, you can't have these roles, but I also want yours. Right. You know, and, and we're now in an environment where if you even, if you even ask that, which I do have a transgender friend and her name's Brianna, she was actually on my podcast back in February. And I believe I asked her this question. So, you know, I'm not worried about getting hate mail. I'll just refer to people to that episode. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for the hate mail. Just listen to this episode because I actually talked to somebody about it. But um, yeah. it's the idea that you can't even ask a question, even if it's innocently anymore, because it's just, it's, oh, you're anti. No, 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 no. I'm just asking a fucking question. Just, yeah. just asking a question. Like, what's the big deal with asking questions? But we can't even ask questions anymore. And that's what kind of scares me regarding the far crazy left liberals um, and the far crazy right conservatives. Yeah, it's uh, they've taken a lot of the learning out of everything and you have to act a certain way. It's almost like a new language we have to learn. And it's, it's very tough. I understand it. Um, I would like to think that I am very open-minded to all kinds of things, but I, but like you said, I have, you know, some questions, but, but I don't have that many. It's, it's like, Hey, you do you I'm good for you. I'm, I'm totally fine. Are you a good person? Right. Game over. And that's it. You know? You're absolutely right. Are you cool? Are you not an asshole? Yeah. I don't care. Are you not an asshole? Great. I'm happy. Well, yeah. And, and that's yeah. the way I judge everybody. It's like, are you just, are, do you have a heart? You know, are you a good person? You know, I don't give a fuck who you're attracted to. I don't give a fuck what you identify as. I could give a fuck, but just, you know, just be a good person. <laughs> you, know? you know what you say it. It's such a, <laughs> it's such an easy thing to do. Um, but for some reason, there's so many people in this country that just have a hard time just being kind to one another. And it's, yeah. it's because yeah. they have this thing where, oh, you're different than me. Well, you're different than me. So you're other and you're not like me. So I don't need to know anything about you. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. You said earlier <laughs> that you, you love diversity and you, you just the idea. I love it when people are different than me because I'm like, wow, I'm going to learn something from this person. Yeah, I love being around them. I love tra traveling to different cultures. I love trying different foods. I love all that stuff. 
you know, I like learning, you know, there's, it, and it's really fun when you stumble across something you really like or identify with. It's really cool, you know, but it's, it's a, it's a tough world we live in right now. It is, it's really, it's really sad. And that's why I like the, you know, the motivational stuff, because to me, you, you know, you get things, you know, Republicans, Democrats, everybody gets out of wanting to be, you know, if you want to be a better person, it doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what sex you're attracted to. None of this. is. You just want to be a better person. And those are the people I want to hang out with. And that's my, you know, I hate saying that's my tribe, but it really is. You know, I don't, I don't hang around with negative people. I, I don't have time for it. You know? Well, it's, it's just draining. Just it's don't. exhausting. Do you, do you have, we can have our negative moments as friends, you know, and, and try to lift each other up. But if you're just bumming me out all the time, fuck that. Find a new friend. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm on this thing for 2020. I'm trying to, um, what's the word? Um, let go of people that are exhausting in a negative way. Like yeah. if you exhaust me in a great way because we're fucking out hiking and we're getting crazy and we're having fun, oh, that's great. But if you exhaust me because of your drama and your your um, soul crushing, what the soul crushing environment you bring me into, I've got to let you go. And that's my thing for 2020. No, actually, I mean, I used to start every year like that. I used to call it shaking the tree mm. where, you know, you shake the tree and the weak leaves fall off and only the strong ones stay on. But I, uh, I used to do it on a yearly basis, like at the start of the year. I'm going to go through all of my, you know, all of my, my phone list, who is, you know, all this stuff, whether it's, you know, Facebook, friend, whatever it is. I just quietly just get away from them. Now I do it on a daily basis. Now I'm, I'm constantly weeding people out. It used to be a yearly thing. Now it's like, no, I can't deal with it, you know, and, and I've got really nothing to learn from you because I know what you're going to say. Right. I know how you're going to react to any type of uh, suggestion I give you. You're not capable of looking within. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be around people like that. I know it sounds like I think I'm better than them. No, I'm just in a different place than them. I don't want it. Uh, some people love drama. They love it. I'm not me. Have you, um, when's the last time you've, ended a relationship or a friendship or shook the tree with somebody you've known for a long time. And then you were finally like, you know what? This is, I'm just done. Yeah. I'm, it's funny because I'm in the process of that right now with a friend of mine. Okay. Known him for years. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, um, throughout all this stuff that's going on right now in America, the people are really showing who they are. Sure. You know, the racists are doubling down and proud of being racist. You know, and it's like, okay, I'm a racist. Damn right. I am, you know, it's, and I'm, I'm learning. I've recently learned about a, a friend of mine that I've known for a long time. And I'm like, I can't do it. Can't do I, it. And I, uh, I just can't do it. And I don't, I don't make an announcement to the person. I don't say that we're no longer friends. They right. just don't get the text back. They just, they just finally go, hey, I guess he's a dick. Let him think I'm a dick. That's fine. Okay. At least we're out of it. And I'm in the process of that now because this guy's been very, been a huge part of my life. I, he's been, a, I've role modeled him in a lot of different ways. And I've seen the side of him. He's like, he's this, now he's this conspiracy theory, fear, full of fear. I 
now I'm even think he's a racist, you know? And I'm like, oh, it's breaking my heart. This is somebody I love. Fucking love this person. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't be around it. You know, I can love him from afar and hope he gets, you know, hope he's happy and send him love all day long. But I, I can't go back and forth with, with this anymore. I can't pretend that you're a normal person now. <laughs> Right. Once, well, once you know this information, you can't go back. Remember, you don't look yeah. back. You're running forward, and you're finding all this information out. And you're like, now that I have this information, I have to make a better decision regarding our relationship. It's so funny that you brought this up because I have a friend that I've known since I was 18. So it's going to be 30 years, and we haven't been really, really close in the last eight years. Um, once when Matt and I moved to California, but. I spent most of my like gay growing up 18 to 25 years old with this friend. And I was camping on vacation last week. And when I finally got some cell service, he had sent me a Facebook message and it was all this anti-black GOP propaganda. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, does he not know you? Well, he's a gay guy too. So that's one thing yeah. right there that I don't get. <laughs> Cause I'll never understand gay people who are racist. Cause you, you, you out of all people should not be having ill feelings towards minorities because hello, hello, yeah. you just got legally yeah, I, married five fucking years ago. So settle down gay people. True. Um, I, I mean, I know a guy, guy, a gay guy who is also, you know, this, this Jewish gay guy who um, is a total, I mean, it's a career move for him mm-hmm. to go, I'm going to throw myself into this world to make all these way, the way right winger guys, you know, the crazy ones that we're talking about, right. To make all these people feel like, Oh, look, he's a gay guy. And we think the same way. It's a career move. He could never make it in the real world oh. as, as a, you know, as a talk show host. Um, but he is, to me, it's a total career move. It's a total career move. He likes shocking people. He likes doing this. And now he's gone past this. So this is really the way who he's become. Oh. And it's a real weird thing. So it started as like a career move. Like, oh, I can't make it just being a gay guy. So I'm going to be the gay guy who supports the right wings. And then they're going to say, yes. look, there's a gay guy who's our friend. And now I'm a celebrity. Exactly. Uh, well, that's kind of a sellout too. And, well, exactly. Right. Exactly. And he would never say that, you know, if I, you know, if he, he would argue that point to death, but I mean, he's not that good of a friend. I mean, I just know him, sure. but I've been, I've, I've watched him go deeper and deeper and deeper. And I know that's why he's doing it because he can't make it, you know, in the other end. Mm. He just can't. He doesn't have the ability. He doesn't have the talent. And so he's like, you know, you want to stand out in anything. You know, it's like watching the president speak right now when they put a couple of black guys behind him. Like, you know, you know, that's there on purpose. Oh, that's staged <laughs> completely. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah, it's, it's just so weird. It is, yeah. is it, but yes, there are obviously black people and gays who are very right wing and very conservative. I get it. You know, but there's also people out there that are fronting and, and, you know, it's just, it's just sad, but it's not my, it's not my life. It's their life. It's their, the way they're choosing. They've got to go through life dealing with this. They have to deal with the consequences of it if there ever are any. Right. And, um, 
I hope they're the best for him. I don't get mad at the guy. I don't know what a, what a piece of crap he is by doing this. Right. But I do know that it's, you know, it's, you know, I know this person. Yeah. I know that he's, he's calculating. He's manipulative. He's one of these people. This is a good, this is a move on his part. That's ballsy as anything. But the problem is it's, it's definitely become a part of his life. Now. Oh, and that's sad to me because nothing's more important than my integrity. Cause that's the one thing yeah. that I have. And so this friend that I have who sent me these things, I was like, I'm on vacation. I can't deal with this right now. So when I got home, I sent him a message and I said, why on earth? And I capitalized earth. Would you ever send me these videos? And his response was because it's the truth. And then I said, don't ever send me GOP propaganda videos ever again. And he said, yeah. no problem. But now, and then I said to him, I've never even asked you this, but are you a Trump supporter? And he said, no, but here's my struggle. Now, my struggle now is now that I know, cause you know, he's a gay guy. He's from rural Florida. Like I said, I've, I knew him in my gay nineties heyday and we always had fun. Never thought of this. Um, but you know, with this new administration and the way the world is now, people are showing who they really are, right? So now I'm yep. thinking, I'm sitting here and I'm struggling like, oh, I have to end this friendship. I have to, because just because he, just because he's willing not to send me this information anymore, that doesn't mean he doesn't believe it. And if he believes that, I don't know if I can be friends with someone who believes these things. Yeah, it, it depends on what level of belief. Uh, and, uh, and and here we're being a little hypocritical because, you know, you want to learn from people with a different point of view. And if they were capable of having discussions about this, um, that type of stuff, then yes, I, you know, I could have, I could easily have, you know, you know, right-wingy friends or left-wingy crazy friends or all that. I can easily have friends like that as long as they don't try to really push their beliefs on me. You know, it's not like I, I don't, I have to get rid of them out of my life. There's certain things out of my life that I will, I will get rid of you if you're a racist. That's, that's to me, that's unforgivable. Right. You yeah. know, yeah. If, you know, I, I hear you say the N word and mean it. I got a problem with it, you know, and I really don't have room for you in my life, but I definitely have room for people with a difference of opinion. I definitely have room for two people with a different life. How boring would it be to sit there and talk to somebody who believes in what you believe in all the time? That's what these 24 hour news channels are. Yes. People go because they get, they feel safe there. They go to MSNBC because they feel safe there. They go to Fox because they feel safe there. They get to hear what they want to hear on a regular basis. I mean, I know about this business, you know, and I know that they are in the pro. They are they brainwash their people. They they are easily brainwashed because they know how to program towards people's fears, you know, and and things that they don't understand, and that's the stuff that I I just can't deal with. Mm. But I I um I just you know, but I definitely that I have room for people in my life that don't don't have the, you know, the, that aren't doing the talking points, you know, I, I have room for that. I, you know, I definitely do. 
Um, I don't want to talk to people all day long that think the same way. Oh, isn't that guy an idiot? Oh, he's an idiot. High five. I feel better for the moment. That doesn't enhance your life. No. That just, you know, re-enhances what, you know, what you have going on in it. And I, and that's the problem in today's day and age is the fact that you have to be one side or another, you know, and, and, you know, I don't want to fall into that category. I don't want to get rid of a friend because, because of a political view by any means, I'm just as bad as them then, you know, but I do want to, I do want to get rid of a friend because they're a fucking nutbag and they make my life miserable. You know, I don't care what side you're on. I think I'm just trying to find, you know, with this situation that occurred with my friend sending me these videos, I'm just trying to find where's my line, you know, like. Sounds like you said it. What is my line? Yeah. Yeah. You can always, you know, you can always send the guy love and wish him the best, you know, and maybe you don't talk to him as much. Now you know where he's he's at. So you don't, you don't send him stuff that, or talk about things that ignites his fears or anything. Mm -hmm. And hopefully he'll do the same to you. Let's hope. You know? Right. Yeah, because I I definitely don't think that I'm the type of person that pushes away people that have a different opinion. That would kind of contradict this entire podcast situation. Yes. But when it comes to something like that, I've really been sitting here like at night, not when I'm on my edibles because I'm happy. But, you know, other than that, I'm sitting here thinking, was that too much? Like, did that... Right. Cause my first instinct was, Oh, I'm going to just delete him off Facebook 30 years, whatever. And then I was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Calm the fuck down, Joe. Settle down. Like, is it really that dramatic? It's not like he was sending vi- He wasn't sending the videos about, um, it wasn't like black people should all be killed and we should be back in the civil war as racist. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, calling out, you know, there's no such thing as white privilege. And I disagree with that. And um, so I was sitting there for a while thinking, oh, is this one of those moments? Is this one of those defining moments where I say to myself, all right, this, this I'm not okay with. And I'm still in the process of that. So thank you for giving me your input because it actually goes into my, well, my brain of trying to make decisions about what to do with people like that. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we all are hypocritical. Every, every one of us, even if you don't think you are, you are. I mean, I, you could say that I'm being hypocritical by just saying, I'm only going to be around positive people. Jerry, you could learn from negative people. Yeah. I learned that I don't want to be around you. <laughs> you know, I, I learned that you, you, you completely stress me out and that you add nothing to my life. You know, people love excuses. They love fear. They love that, you know, they, they love an excuse of why they are. This is what I wanted to bring up. This is what it is. It, it is. It's, it's like, you know, you have people that, that, um, really just don't like you the way you, because when you're growing, when you're growing up, okay. when you're, when you're maturing, when you're coming up with, you're coming into your own. It makes other people very uncomfortable. Oh yeah. And if they don't want to go in there, if they're not open for me trying to be a better person and me saying, listen, I don't want to talk about all this negative stuff. You believe what you want to believe. I'm not judging you. I love you as a person, but I just don't want to talk about that stuff. But people want to bring you down to their level because it makes them feel not so alone. 
and not so unsuccessful, you know, mm-hmm. in, in life, they don't, they don't want to say, how many times do you see like a big brother, you know, like their, their little brother's doing well and the big brother wants to like knock him down. I've got a, a family member on the other side of my family that, um, one of the, one of the brothers is extremely talented. He's so talented. He's such a big hearted person, but the older brother wants him to go out and drink all the time. And like, you come on, you pussy. He goes, no, I want to get home and work on my project and my new business idea that I'm real passionate about. No, come on, man. You got time. You're not the same anymore, man. Right. You know, that type of stuff. That's the stuff I want to avoid. And that's, that's, those are the people that I want out of my life. And the people that refuse to let me grow and want to keep me who I am because it makes them feel better about their life. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. I love that you brought this up. I love that you brought that up because you're absolutely right. You know, I'm on this path where I'm trying to educate myself, read lots of books, just be a better human being. And I'm not saying this to be disrespectful to people that I know in my life, but there's some people in my life who are not on that path. They're way in the back. They're way, they don't want to learn. They think I don't need to learn anything else. I'm perfect the way I am. And I'm starting to notice that they look at me kind of like, oh, do you think you're better than me? No, no, no. This has nothing to do with you, but thanks for your ego. This is this is about me. This is about me growing. Yes. I'm still your and friend. I don't give a fuck. Absolutely. And that's the line that is very hard to figure out where it is. The At some point you go, I don't think I'm better than you. I just am choosing a different path than you. Right. And you know, maybe you're, you know, listen, if they're very happy with who they are and where they stand in life, wow, that's what I'm striving for. You well, know? Yeah, lucky them. I'm still, hey, yeah. you got there. Hey, if this is your top, if this is at, you, at your top of the game, congratulations. Unfortunately, I'm not there yet, so I still have work to do. And we have different levels yeah. of what our top is, um, but I'm still working towards that. And I'll probably be working towards it forever. Yeah, and that's the way I look at it. There are certain things that I've become victorious on, you know, and there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, the prob the the point is is you got to enjoy the process. You have mm-hmm. to enjoy that work on everything, not only your physical work of your career, but the, your physical you know, the work of being true to who you really truly want to be or truly are. You know, and you just got to just like we talked about, you're in you know you're a podcaster, you're this, you're already there. You know, you also have to view yourself that way as a, as a human being, mm-hmm. you know, I'm already a kind person. I know in my heart, I'm a kind person because I want to be, right. you know, I think about it a lot. So I know that's part of who I am. So give yourself a little credit and go, yeah, I am a kind person. I'm just doing my best to let it, let the world see it as well. You know, it's uh it's just a matter of really it's everything's a frame of mind. Everything is an illusion. Uh, why would you create an illusion that's tougher on yourself? Really? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that you brought up the people in your life are more uncomfortable when you start to change. You know, I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for two and a half years. I got more shit about being a vegetarian than I was about being a homosexual. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I think I was one of those people. Well, you were no fun to hang out with. And and then you realize, oh, he's fun. But, um, 
But no, like I have had friends who have given me more shit about that. I want to like that. I don't stick a piece of steak in my mouth, than sticking a dick in my mouth. And I always thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Listen, as, as long as you're not sitting there going, you know, that cow got electrical prodded and you know, if, as no, long as you're do not that. doing that, no. if you're doing it, if you're being a veget, there's, there's, to me, there's two different types of vegetarians. There were, there's the, the people that are doing it for health reasons, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then they added benefit of, you know, what's going on with cruelty to animals and everything else. And then there's people that are doing it just cause of that. Oh, just you know, so they can in, say, you know, you know, and I know there definitely, I do know that there are vegetarians and vegans who will go out to with their friends. Do you know what that chicken went through? Now I don't do that. Now in my mind, I know what the chicken went through. But I, my job isn't to worry about what you're doing. I'm responsible for me. So, True. Um, and, that's how no, I, no, and that's how I think now. I think like if I go out and now my friends are accustomed to it, right? It's been two and a half years. So now it's just normal. So when I visit, they're like, oh, you're going to love this restaurant. There's a lots of vegetarian options. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot different than the last time when you were like, oh God, what are we going to do? Because you're a vegetarian. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, and it's weird because a lot of times now when I go to a restaurant, I will notice that they have some really good vegetarian dishes so I can you know, recommend it to my vegetarian friend. Mm-hmm. But no, I understand what you And that's very, and thank you for that. Um, but you're right. There are some people, it would be like, it would be like if I was a gay guy, well, wait a minute. I am. Um, and I was hanging out with you, Terry, and you made out with your wife in front of me. And I said, you know what, Terry? A guy's tongue is way better. You'd be like, yeah, you just stick to what you like and I'm going to stick to what I like. Yeah, It's the same type of thing. Like I just go to eat and I order my food. I don't pressure. Now, if somebody asks me, why are you a vegetarian? I answer them. But you know me, Terry, I try to be kind with my words and I try to, you know, keep my ego out of it. But I loved that you brought that up, how it's so pro- it's so important for people to realize that when you change, if you're if it's if it's different than the people that are around you that are used to you, they're going to have a big problem. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you throw a curveball into their daily life and their daily routine. It's like, well, what's going on here? You know, this, this guy's not the same anymore. And, they're, and some people are totally cool with it. And some people are very uncomfortable with it and will actually do things to sabotage it. Like I talked about my, uh, you know, the in-laws where one brother just doesn't want the other guy to succeed because, you know, he's kind of a guy that really his life hasn't amounted to much and he doesn't want to be the black sheep, you know, mm. and it's really painful to see. And I've even talked to the other guy going, you know, you know where that's coming from, don't you? Right. You know, and he goes, oh, yeah, I've done that a long time. So I don't know why you deal with it. I can't do it. Who's my brother? Like, I don't give a shit. My brother is, treats me like shit. You know, I'll find a new brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your brother, Terry. Let me ask um, there you, you go. Let me ask you, well, we're almost brothers already now. Let me ask you one yeah. final question, though, before I let you go. And this conversation has been incredible, and I appreciate you taking your I've very busy it. guy. And, and I thought this was a fantastic conversation. What has been your the biggest defining moment of 2020 for you? I think I'm in the process of that right now. Um, I've learned a little bit about myself through all of this, as all of us have. <clears throat> I've learned that um, that I am somebody who uh, 
like uh, enjoy science. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've learned that I've learned that I uh, that I will that I care. And that, this is something I've always known about myself. I do care, and Sherry will tell you, my wife will tell you that I sometimes I, I do place my needs ahead of uh, ahead of others. I mean, I mean, others' needs ahead of mine. Um, I, I do that a lot, and to the sometimes to the detriment of me. Um, and you know, and that has to do with the masks and the masks dots that are out there. Um, I I don't know if wearing a mask is the right thing or the wrong thing. I just know that it's being suggested and I'm going to do my part to, to, you know, to not spread this and also to make it feel a little bit, even though it might be false protection. I don't need to make a political statement out of this. I can't believe that a, you know, that a pandemic has become politicized. It's ridiculous. And that pisses me off. So the things that I'm learning about myself now are that um, I've been pretty calm through all of this. Uh, I am very lucky that I still get to work, although my business has changed. Um, you know, the advertising dollars aren't, they're not spending them like they used to, but I'm st- I still at least have a job. I'm very lucky there. I have been, uh, I've learned about that. I'm, you know, I'm, my gratitude that I, I've had to really install gratitude in my life that I have a house that I like. I'm, I'm healthy for now. I'm about knock on wood. I'm, you know, all these types of things. I'm, I've, very, I've really learned how to be, there isn't a day that goes by now where I haven't found a reason to be grateful, mm. where it was cherry picked before. So in 2020, it's like there's, it's been just, you know, I found ways, like I said, to, to be thankful for, for things that I do have instead of the things that I don't. And the fact that I'm very proud of the way that I've handled myself through all of this. I'm very happy and proud of the way my wife has handled her. That we've become closer through all of this. We're not at each other's throats. It's you know we're a team. It's and we've gotten closer. It's you know it's just it's worked for me. Mm-hmm. I want it to end, but yeah. yeah, but it's worked for me. I want I want an economy. I want people to be healthy. I want all of it. But I'm also doing what I think is right to for my fellow man. Right. I I. I agree with you on the mask thing. You know, if they came out and said, you know, we don't know about what, where, you know, cause you hear so many things, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. But what I, re- what I think is, listen, if I, if, if me wearing a mask, when I go out for a while, you know, just till this blow, just till this is life gets back to us, whatever we consider normal. If, if me wearing a mask helps one person possibly not die, I'm going to fucking wear the mask. End of story. Not even going to think anything more about it. Yeah, and not I'll even take it to a lesser level of that. Okay. If my wearing a mask makes somebody else just feel comfortable, mm. I'm in. Yeah. You know, not stressed out. I I'm in. I don't want I don't want you to freak out, you know, I don't want any of that stuff. Right. Whether what I what I believe about it or not, I'm not going to, you know, I just I just want, I care about other people. I just yeah. care. Yeah. You know? And and it's not it's just their their health you know their physical well being but I care about their mental well being I don't want to fuck with somebody's head that's not what I'm here for right I'm here for the exact opposite you know yeah that's a great message and you know caring about people it's so easy and you know you watch all these news articles you see on social media people getting 
enraged and you know somebody got shot in a wall in a um waffle house somewhere because they were refused service to wear a mask like just like wear the mask because you care about your fellow humans so i appreciate that you said that yeah i mean every day you could go online and see some douchebag not wearing a mask at a confrontation at costco or what have you it's always at costco you know it's just like it's just like the karen thing you know those are out there so why why costco I don't know why it's, it seems to happen a lot at Costco. Yeah. Well, I don't know why either, but Costco actually has a pretty strict uh, rule about it. So maybe that's why I don't know, but uh, I, I, uh, it, yeah, I don't know. Well, and, I, just, and I love the Costco people. It's like, this is private property. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> off. We don't need your money. I just yeah. saw this one video before I let you go. I just saw this one video where this dude was going fucking insane. You would have thought the employee had pulled a gun on him and he was screaming. Oh, I and saw hollering. the same one. And then his girl, he's wearing a red shirt, but his girlfriend, yeah. the person with him is wearing a mask. So that just bought Yeah. And she's head. not even looking at the guy. She's like, oh, great. This, this again, huh? You know, when I saw yeah, that, people, I thought, oh, God, he beats her. No, <laughs> that's not a joke. Yeah, yeah, people, yeah. yeah. Listen, people are, are, you know, people like to send a message of who they are. And unfortunately, when health comes involved, I mean, I know because I live in Seattle where we've been doing this for a long time and we've just been asked to do more of it. And, you know, we've been sitting at about 1,300 deaths in our state for quite a while it hasn't gone up and, and, and it has to be because of that look what's happening in florida look what's happening in alabama look what's happening in georgia you know it's all going up and up and up and it has to be because of that even the tough badass new yorkers you know how these new yorker guys are yeah nobody tells me what to do they're fucking wearing masks right you know right yeah they know it's they just so went through fucking hell yeah you know so anyway well, there you go. Well, yeah. Wear your masks, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you, Terry, for coming on this podcast and having such a great conversation with me. You're so good at this. It's not like you haven't done it for three decades. <laughs> no, I just, I love talking to you. I love your show. I love talking about this type of stuff, obviously. You know, uh, I don't get a lot of it in my uh, my regular everyday life. I live in a fucking island out here in Seattle, like a mm-hmm. Sib- in Siberia, you know, so it's, it's like uh, Sherry's just tired of hearing me talking about it. So it's good to talk to somebody else who has a, you know, it's a good conversation. It's a great conversation. I And I appreciate it. Please let everyone know where they can find you on social media, how they can listen to your incredible podcasts and just follow you because you're such an awesome human being. Well, the podcast that we've talked a lot about today is uh, Terry James Alive, and that is available anywhere. Uh, been doing it for quite a long time. Uh, and then of course the other one I do with my wife, which has, you know, the, you know, numbers wise, it's way more successful than Terry James alive, but, um, it, and it's fun. You know, we talked about that's called gang of two that is out there. Of course, the Lexa Terry show that I do every weekday morning. And then, uh, you know, just look up Terry James. I mean, I'm, I'm all of them. All of my stuff is Terry James, T-R-Y-J-A-Y-M-E-S. There you go. Look him up, ladies and gentlemen. He's great to talk to. And I love your Terry James. Well, I love both your podcasts because I love to hear you banter back and forth with Sherry. Um, But I also just love to hear you talking because 
on the Terry James Alive podcast, you really give people things to think about. And and that's what I, I get from that. So thank you. Well, I hope it's coming across because I'll tell you, I've been doing it for many years and I've gone through many different things of it. I've Like I said, I've interviewed people. I've tried to do it on my own. I've tried to be more focused and I've tried to write a real detailed outline to follow. And the last, I'd say, six, eight episodes, maybe not even that many, um, I've really just now stumbled into the way. It doesn't mean I'm not going to interview people. Mm-hmm. I just know that this is the way I like to do it now. And I, and I, you know, if so long as Sherry's not home, I'll record it. <laughs> and, you know, and if it sucks, I won't post it. But you know what? All I've right. never not, I've never not posted a show. No, you just post it because somebody, no matter if you think it sucks or not or whatever, if you don't think somebody out there is going to connect to what you're saying. And I think that is, that's why I'm doing this podcast. It's because I want to connect with people who will get something out of these conversations. I love it, man. You kick an ass. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Everybody follow Terry James. He's incredible. Thank you, Joe. All right. Talk soon. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll get alerts when new episodes air. Also check out Flight Attendant Joe on Facebook and Instagram. And if you still haven't had enough of me, (laughs) check out the blog at www.flightattendantjoe.com.